0: Across the UK, online online and on DAB.
1: Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.
2: Talk Radio. I tell you what, guys, you're in for an absolute treat. We've got a proper, one of my all-time heroes, director of one of my favourite, favourite films, Mr Joe McGrath, is coming in. I've just met him. Always got some good stories. Do not go anywhere.
1: Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
2: song from, well, written by Paul McCartney, by Badfinger, from a song you probably don't know, from a film that, well, I've been setting you homework for the last couple of weeks, guys. I've been telling you to go out and watch one of my favourite, favourite films of all time, uh, a film called The Magic Christian. Which I th- I don't know if it's a lost classic. I don't. Anyway, we'll, we'll find out how lost it was. Uh, we've got the director Joe McGrathy. Good evening. Yes, Tokes.
3: I lost it. And I left <laughs> it in a wardrobe somewhere. <laughs> how six-
2: <laughs> was the Magic Christian a hit at the time?
3: It was a big hit in America. Right, huge hit in America because it was of its time. Yeah. It was a head movie, as they called it, and there was more people saw it in outdoor cinemas than saw it in indoor cinemas. Right. Really packed. It did very well. It went, and strangely enough, it's a movie, it went into profit.
4: Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow.
3: Yeah. What was it, 67, 68? 68, 69,
4: yeah.
2: Um, and for, for I, I, I have been recommending lots of people uh, watch it. For those who don't know it, it's Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm is a millionaire billionaire. billionaire guy grand guy grand and he adopts a full-grown ringo star that's right and he, the premise is everyone has a price
3: that's right and also there's no morality left in the world and mm. um, except among some people and he wanted to adopt a young man ringo was the man we chose uh and show him the world and they uh, get him used to uh the what people were like
2: and it's such it is such a beautiful film and it, uh, unlike a lot of it looks like a 60s film oh yeah but it but i don't think it's it it, it doesn't look as dated as some we were talking about the knack the richard lester yes, movie yeah, it was, that I, looks yeah. a bit dated well I think. and it's black and white of course yeah, the Knack. yeah, yeah. um but the, it, the the magic christian is this wonderful we were talking about su- surreal British films recently, mm-hmm. The Bed-Sitting Room, How yeah. I Won the War, mm-hmm. and The Magic Christian fits into that, you know. Yeah it, 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 yeah, it was a movie that people paid money to go and see. Yeah, I mean, Lester, Richard, Richard
3: Lester and I were good friends and uh, had the same sense of humour. I mean, I, I first met Richard... When he was doing the the running, jumping, standing still film, yeah, which yeah. is a silent movie that he made with Spike Milligan and Sellers, mm. and I was invited along to uh, to appear in it uh, for a moment or two, and uh, the three of all of us became friends through that film. Where,
2: I haven't seen that film for years. Whereabouts yeah. are you in it?
3: Oh, I'm just one of the guys that runs with a kite right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Um, so is that what was that your first meeting with Sellers? Or had you met him, had you worked with him before or met no, him No, I think
3: that the first meeting with Sellers was, uh, was at the Odeon in Swiss Cottage. Wow. Uh, yeah, watching, uh, this was the first real meeting I had with him watching the lady killers okay which was when he became a star yeah he ceased being a goon yeah and became a, a big international star
4: yeah.
3: yeah i i met him in the foyer and i went up to him and i said you are peter sellers and i claim the five pounds reward he said oh you noticed me you fool <laughs> and that was how it happened
2: um and you became friends with him yes, yes.
4: What was and he, yeah and enemies well this is i, I mean, we, we may we're touch jumping, on that ju- yeah.
2: but what was it what was he like as a friend in those early days because he's a very he was a very complicated man wasn't mm. he I, I, yeah i've read the books i've seen the films he was a very complicated gentleman
3: mm, very well he had you know i mean he had a com- wonderful ear you know for mimicry so you know, when he was talking to you, after a couple of minutes, you'd start hearing your own voice really coming back. He'd, he'd
2: parrot it back. Yeah, to
3: but you. he didn't know he was. Do- <laughs> he how didn't know he was doing that? it. He would just start talking yeah. as you were. So you suddenly find there's these two, two uh, Scotsmen talking to each other in a corner. <laughs> uh,
2: how, and how did the Magic Christian come about?
3: Uh, well, I had read the book. I had read uh, the Magic Christian written by Terry. Terry Southern,
2: and it's a slim book, isn't it? Oh yes, it's, it's,
3: a, it's yes. A, a thin book. Yes, it's, it's yes, it's really only a, like a hundred pages yeah. or so. Yeah, and uh, and he, in, in the book he doesn't have a son; he right. just goes around on his own, yeah. doing these strange things to people, as he as he says in the book, inverted commas, making it hot yes. for people just Brilliant. to see how they react. Yeah, you know. But it came about because I'd read the book, and uh, I knew Sellers. And Sellers, of course, had appeared in, uh, Dr. Strangelove, mm. or How I Came to Love the Bomb, mm. which was written by Terry Southern.
2: Now, yes, you're right. So oh, when yeah.
3: I said to Peter, you know, I really admire, you know, what Southern did.
2: He was a very hip writer, wasn't oh, he? Oh, completely, the
3: time. Yeah. yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I said, I really loved Terry Southern. And Peter said, you know, The Magic Christian, have you read it? I said, yeah. He said, oh, and and peter at that time was at the top of his game he said i know a few people let's get some money together and make that film <laughs> so it was completely peter's idea that he 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 raised the money yeah
2: yeah isn't that incredible yeah and he produced it actually um ringo yeah Ringo, I think, always gets the, gets a hard time, and I don't know why. Hmm. I think he's a brilliant drummer, yeah, and I think he's a cracking actor. Yeah, he's well, so good yeah. in the Beatles movies, and in, and in The Magic Christian. He just plays that, that, really downplays that kind of, you know, when Peter's over the top and wonderful, and Ringo's hmm. very solid all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you have to go and meet the Beatles? Were you friends oh, well, with the Beatles? Oh, well, I'd worked with the
3: Beatles long before that. I mean, I'd done... Uh, I, you know, my, my career was such that, you know, I, I was producing and directing Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and yeah. Not Only But Also yeah. on television. And the first guest star that I ever had on uh, Not Only But Also was John, John Lennon. Was that
2: the sketch where he was a toilet? Attended. yes that's Aww. the second
3: one he did and the <laughs> first one he did was uh on wimbledon common right but that, those are the two ones the, the second one is, is making me laugh is with peter with the peter cook where peter plays an american tourist
2: yeah yeah uh, <laughs> did you because you come from glasgow yes did, did you have to pinch yourself as the '60s were progressing, and you're, you know, you're finding yourselves with the most talented comedians, mm. most talented musicians?
3: No, I I said that to my son. You know, my son Dan. Dan, that's... who
2: is here. Good evening, Dan. You can... Good evening. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> that's... Dan's, Dan's come to make sure that Joe doesn't embarrass himself or libel anyone. I think. Yeah, yeah, yes. Quality control.
3: That's enough from Dan. <laughs>
5: let's talk about me <laughs> no, no 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 what was it you said? oh yeah <laughs> that's uh, our relationship in a nutshell really isn't it i think <laughs> <laughs> he's he's looking
2: at dan with evil quiet otherwise. he
3: got me he bought me dinner tonight i must be nice to him <laughs> the uh the the the, the thing is that coming from glasgow it, it was easier i was telling that's what i was saying to dan earlier yeah when i arrived in london It was late 50s and commercial television had had just started and I'd been to art school, Glasgow School of Art, you know, and, and so I came down here and walked straight into a job in television as a designer. Wow. Just straight in. Yeah. Uh, because they they didn't have anybody. They were looking for staff. All these television companies were starting, and they had no staff. Mm. So you could take some folio of work-along, show it to them, and they said, oh, yeah, when can you start? I can start now, (laughs) you know. (laughs) What sort of wages do you want? Starvation, I don't mind. And uh, so I walked straight into a job. In fact, there's a funny story about that. The guy said to me, this was a lot of money in those days. He said, we'll give you £850 a year and I had never worked, so I, I was thinking 8.50 a year, divided by 52 weeks in the year, 5 into 8, and the guy then said, oh, I'll write <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: it's just a different world, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. How, so you were, you were designing sets? Yeah. To start, and how did you then make the progression from that? to directing and well, know, being the one that calls well, the shots. Well, nobody there were no there
3: was no training for directors in those days yeah. either. And so people just went along for an interview and said I want to direct and they Isn't would say no funny? or yes you can direct. So after I had been designing and working with Richard Lester, yeah. uh, he began to get annoyed because he said you're standing behind me going tut tut and shaking your head. I think you better become a director. <laughs> 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 so I went along to another company for for a, a An interview, and uh, so they interviewed me and said we'll let you know. So I thought, oh, uh, that means I'm not getting the job. So Dan and uh, my my other son and my daughter and my wife, we all went on holiday, and we were away for four weeks. We came back from holiday, and you know, pushing the door open, there was mail there, and I opened one of them, and it said, "We, you know, we're glad we'd like to offer you a job as a director. You can start tomorrow." And when I looked, tomorrow was three weeks ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you been off. I nearly went mad. So I phoned up and got the guy that had interviewed me, Brian Tesla, mm. who's still alive to this day. And I said, Brian, he said, I thought you were dead. I said, no, I've been on holiday. <laughs> he said, well, when can you start? I said, well, hang on, I'll you know, get a car, anything. And that was how it happened. So I then became a director. First, do it, you
2: remember the first thing you directed? Yes. And, and uh, what it felt like that yeah. first time you were calling the shots.
3: Well, the first thing I directed was was... Was a show called Candid Camera with oh. Bob Monkhouse in it, wow. and nobody wanted to do it because it was film. Yeah, and I said I'll do it. And all the other directors at ABC Television at that time said, "No, the future is tape. Mm. We want to do these tape shows and studio stuff." I said, "No, I want to learn about film. Candid Camera's all done on film. We go out. You mean we go on location every day and and try to involve people doing strange things?" And and Brian Tesla said, "Yes, said, you want to do it, do it." And I got a BAFTA, the first show I ever wow. did, one of BAFTA.
2: And of course, because everything now, is there are hidden cameras and, and real people involved. But yes. that was the first, yes. that was groundbreaking for yes. yeah. its time, yeah. to, 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 to secretly film That's right. tricks being pulled on people. That's right.
3: And you hid the camera and you, you uh, Bob Monkhouse or the other guy was Jonathan Roth, who was the guy who did the show. He would go up and involve passers-by.
2: Did you ever get anyone getting angry?
3: Any, no, no, they're all con- uh, no. excited. What we did, we were very clever. We we chose <laughs> we chose provincial towns where everybody talked to each other. Right, that's okay. absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, you go up to Manchester, you go to Liverpool and say hello. Say, oh, hello. <laughs> you go to Glasgow. Oh, hello, hello. You go to London and you say hello, and they say, get out, who are you?" You know. <laughs> 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 so we chose these provincial towns very carefully. Yeah, and we got a, I want to Bath there. so. So a BAFTA and yeah. an obvious eye for comedy. Yeah. Um. What came next? Uh, what came next? Uh, Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Yeah. I left. I got offered a job by Hugh Weldon, who was head of a program called Monitor at the BBC, which was an arts program, and he offered me a job there. And I went along to see him at the BBC, and we were in the bar at the BBC, and I met Spike Milligan. And I met a guy called Bill Cotton Jr. who was head of comedy at the mm. BBC and Hugh Weldon. And Bill Cotton and Spike said, why is Joe here? And Hugh Weldon said, he's going to take over Monitor, the arts programme. And Spike said, I won't allow him. I want him to take over doing comedy shows. And Bill Cotton said, that's right, we won't let you go to Monitor. And I I
5: started with the Milligan He'd and say, Dudley Moon Peter. It was as simple and easy as your, that. The, your career just seems to be you turning up at places yeah. and then
2: going, well, well, can you do this? And yeah, you're doing it.
3: But then, then of course, you you must put into consideration a lifetime spent well, since <laughs> the age of five watching films. Right. So that that was. And that, what kind of
2: stuff? Were you... what, what was well, it well, my got you parents, you
3: see, were both on the stage. My mm. father was a music hall comedian. Right. And my mother was was uh, worked along with him. Yeah. And so. All my holidays were always spent at the end of the pier, backstage, meeting chorus girls and people like that, yeah. and tenors, baritones, accordionists, ventriloquists. And then when there was time <laughs> it's off... A, it's I'm, a
2: great name for the book, by the way, which we'll get on to. Yes, That's a I great... have written a book, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's told me What's I have happening? to mention that he's written a book. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's only 300 pages, I tell and bags of photographs. But no, uh, and so any time there was spare time or anything like that, my mother and my father, both of them, we'd, we'd go to the cinema. Yeah. And uh, Marx Brothers I, yeah. I I just fell in love with to begin with. You know, Buster Keaton, mm. things like that, you know. And so when, when, when I did Candid Camera, it was as good as going to film school. Yeah. Because you went out and you shot film for five days. And you then got this load of film back shot with different people, different jokes, different setups, and you had to edit it and make sense of it and in short on a Sunday evening to a mass audience of about 10 million people and you had a day to edit it so it was, you know, it taught me how to shoot film.
2: Uh, I I love Peter Cook and um, oh, yeah. I just just think he's wonderful. And, and, and Dudley Moore, you know, I, yeah. and I, the, I find their whole relationship fascinating and the stuff they did. So the series was not only but also. Yeah, that's it. And it wasn't, it. it if I got this right, if I read this right, it was supposed to be Dudley Moore's show. Yes, I, I
3: came up with the idea. I was at the BBC and Bill Cotton Jr., who is head of comedy, said, got an idea for a show. I said, yeah, let's do a show with Dudley Moore. And so he said, okay. And in those days again, he just said, yeah, okay, go and do a show with Dudley Moore. So I phoned Dudley up, who I knew, I knew very well. He had done a trainee exercise for me at ABC Television. So I said, listen, I've got this idea for a show at the BBC. It's a comedy show. And Dudley said, what what, what do you mean? I said, would you be in it? He said, will I get paid this time? (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah. He said, listen, I can... Are you interested in Peter Cook? I said, well, not 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 that way. I said, but I'm willing to go and meet him. So he said. So we went along, met Peter, who was drinking wine in the establishment club and reading newspapers and editing Private Eye, and we said, would you like to be in a show? You know, Dudley's going to do. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm doing nothing else. And so he and <sighs> Dudley got together, started writing scripts along with me. Yeah, and. Uh, did it at the BBC, and as you know, it's a stupid thing. The rest is there on the screen for everybody. Well, they me- became well Dudley became an international movie we, star. A, a movie heartthrob. Yeah. I know, which yeah, must true. have
2: galled Peter yeah. Cook because he was always talented <laughs> oh, oh, as, really? as the 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 talented <laughs> handsome one. <laughs> Peter Peter said about Dudley's talent.
3: The little swine. I wish I had been forced to learn a musical instrument as a child,
2: <laughs> like him. <laughs> but you say it's up there on the screen. It's not, is it? Because most, of, a lot of that stuff's been lost or, or taped over. Well, well,
3: I stole a lot of it, thank God. So there, there is still... Oh, really? Still, the BBC then had to buy a lot of it back from me. It's absolutely true. Bill Cotton, Bill Cotton said, we, ought to, we either ought to... To, to get you a knighthood or arrest you.
5: <laughs> Wasn't the point that it was not only Dudley Moore, but also Peter Cook? Yes. Was that what yeah, it was? Yeah. Right. Thank right, you.
3: Right, that okay. was Dan, and he's right. It was, <laughs> it was not only... It, it was even that worse than voice. that. voice. It was even worse than that, Dan. It was... It's the Dudley Moore Show. <laughs> <laughs> that was so brilliant. I came up with that title. Good, good
2: title. Well <laughs> know, done. It's the
3: Dudley Moore Genius. Show. And then we changed it when Peter came. We said it's not only, but also... Yeah. And, and, and then it was... Not, it was Peter Cook... Uh, and Dudley Moore, not only Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, but also John Lennon.
1: Right,
2: okay, yeah, and it. groundbreaking. You know, the groundbreaking oh, yes. in terms of yeah. sketch shows, yes. in terms of of kind of and music, music, music. Yeah. intelligent yeah, comedy, and sa- satire. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, kind of, but they were but now. You can answer this question. With the corpsing, when they're always making each other laugh. Yeah. Was that real? Or were they, did they yeah, sometimes play up real. a That was real. Really? That
3: was real. Wow. It was usually Dudley who laughed. Yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. Peter read this stuff. Peter made no attempt to learn it, although he wrote a lot of it. Well, we always had it on idiot boards and, and things like that, so yeah. that Peter could read it. But Dudley used to write it all down in a school exercise book and learn it, yeah. like, a, like a pupil how marvelous so dudley knew it but then of course peter who was reading it uh would then quite happily know that he knew what he was going to say next so he'd shove in a couple of extra lines that
2: <laughs> dudley had never <laughs> heard before and dudley'd start laughing and dad can i ask how old were you when all this was going on
5: uh 25. well when, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. when i was born 66
2: so no. i don't know so, okay so very very, very young, okay. yeah. very, very young. Uh, but were you were you aware as a young man a young boy it's that weird thing because my kids think that all dads are
5: on the radio you know you yeah.
2: we, 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 did you realize that your dad was doing a really strange oh, no, job he, making no, movies? he did he did
5: yeah 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 we grew up so we i mean when we grew up and um hung out with dad it was uh yes it was the house was full of famous people generally yeah. 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 I mean, although, although and my mom and dad weren't together when i was a kid yeah, yeah. Uh, when we go and see him at the weekends you know i can remember weekends going to his place he had a place down in, in sussex and we were playing bull with doctor who and leonard rossiter you know tom baker was there with lala wards <laughs> yeah and right, leonard yeah. rossiter was there you know it was, yeah. so it was lovely i mean it and it yeah. and, uh, and and it and and big even, bill, mitchell, even, who big bill voice, mitchell did all the big big the voiceovers for guy. radio stations the big low voice yeah. you know yeah uh so yes there was a it, absolutely yeah it was and always it was, jim
3: dale
2: Maybe oh, open, I went
5: yeah. to the yeah. So we went yeah, when I was whatever age it would have been. Went yes. to the set of Digby the biggest now, dog in the world. I need and to talk to you about that. This, Joe. Yeah, I yeah. need to talk to you about that. We had Jim Dale
2: on. Jim Dale ah, came on the show. Oh, good. What he's a lovely gentleman. He's he, a lovely guy. Did you see his one man show he did? Yes. recently. Yes. Fantastic. No,
3: he's a great performer. Oh, he's wonderful. Such and you a know nice he, man. You know, he actually wrote Georgie Gill. Yeah, I know. And Digga Don, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. Honestly,
2: he's such a talent. But I'll say, I said this to him, and I'll say this to you: you ruined a Christmas for me one year (laughs) because they one Christmas they showed (laughs) Digby the biggest dog in the world on TV. and the bit when you think, spoiler alert you, when you think Digby's been blown up by yeah. all the bombs, That's right. I was me and my sister were in floods of tears, so was I And, this was, and this, I think it was on Christmas Eve or maybe even Christmas night and we were in absolute pieces and my mum's going don't worry he comes back and of course the dog bounced back, but I was like, I don't know seven years old, I was gone Joe you owe me a Christmas Mr. McGrath, you owe
4: me a, that
2: was a great film. Well that, again that film Jim
3: Dale said to me, that film made him an international star too because as a result of that film he got a, a offered a contract by walt disney yeah and went to america yeah, yeah. and never came back.
2: i know exactly. until, he, until you interviewed him <laughs> but he's i mean he's in his 80s isn't he, and yes, he that, yes. that one man show he did yeah. was like two and a half hours yes, of yeah. magic and he
3: went across and he he also did that show I can't remember the title, but where he had to learn to walk the tightrope.
2: Barnum. 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 I mean,
3: and he "Yeah, i jail, learn," and he just did it. Yeah, yeah, Just learned to walk the tightrope.
2: Um, Spike Milligan. Yes. Yeah, Spike. What was, well, I mean, just, I, I so wish I'd got to interview Spike Milligan. What a, what a talent, what a unique a conf- talent. Genius. Yeah, a genius. yeah, yeah, it, it, in the true sense of the word. Um, how did you find working with him?
3: Well, he used to turn up and I drove him to the studio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> really? It was like yeah. that?
3: No, we were great friends. Yeah. Spike and I were, became great friends. In fact, people used to say, you know, it must be hell working with Spike. But he was easier to work with than Peter, than Sellers. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was much more serious, uh, you know, about his work in a strange way. You know, when because he was a writer. Yeah. So he, he was absolutely... P- you know really wanted to make sure that that we got everything out of of the writing mm. and and that he defended that very carefully and and was very serious about it and would would fight for it whereas sellers you mentioned this earlier sellers was was rather spoiled by his mother, mm. and it carried through in his life if something didn 't work for sellers or it wasn 't working he hated confrontation he would just say excuse me and and he would disappear from and go home
2: really from the a, not, not with ca- hundreds
3: of people wow. standing up. He did, i mean casino royale this, well, is, this is what he did may i ask you we've been, what a link no because <laughs> we've been playing we've uh,
2: we've been playing the wonderful theme for casino royale it's kind of become a bit of a theme for this show it is it's lovely it's a great yeah. bit of music and the version with the lyrics as well the yeah. uh, which is we've been we've been playing that it's a mess of a film, though, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it, there are some wonderful bits in it, yeah, yeah. and there are some stunning scenes, but yeah, yeah. it's a mess. Is it true, Peter Sellers punched you in the nose during that film? Yes, he did. Yeah. Why? Well, he, he, he attempted to
3: punch me in the nose, but I managed to get to one side, so it sort of brushed off my cheek, and then I punched him. <laughs> And Jerry Crampton, who... I know Jerry Crampton. Jerry Crampton, who who was a stunt double, he ran across and grabbed us and pulled us apart and held us us up with our feet off the ground. (laughs) Big fella, yeah. And he said, I don't know which one of you to hit... I love you both. <laughs> <laughs>
2: very quickly, because you know, I mentioned I, I, I worked with Christopher Lee about twenty years. Well, he ago. was in
3: Magic Christian. On a, yeah. I
2: worked with him in a film in Pakistan. I won't go into it; it's too yeah. long. But but Jerry Crampton was the stump man. Yeah, he would be. He was very that. famous. Yeah, yeah brilliant riding all the fact, horses and things.
3: In fact, he became later. He he was. During one of Peter Sellers' many marriages, he was uh, Peter's best man in What's one one mean, of the marriages. Did not
2: know. So what was the argument about on the, the uh, uh, Casino Royale? Uh,
3: Peter, was, Peter had asked for Orson Welles to be the heavy in the movie. Yeah. And when he turned up and we started working with Orson and Peter, Peter, and I mean this, he was... Completely overawed.
2: Really? Yeah. Intimidated by him?
3: Completely. And, of course, Orson liked that. Yeah. And Orson began to be even more more like Orson. You know, where's our thin friend today, Joe? He seems to be late. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and things like that. And Peter would turn up and Orson would make remarks. And, in fact, we had... It's all in the book. I mean, there's a marvellous bit where Princess Margaret comes along with Peter yeah. to lunch. And... Peter brings her on the set and starts to introduce her to everybody. And Orson stands up and Margaret turns around and says, Orson, my dear friend, Peter, Orson and I just had lunch the other day. Oh, no. Oh, Peter was upstaged. Crushed. Completely. Yeah. Completely. It was shortly after that that we, he, went,
2: he <laughs> had to punch me. Tell the story about how um, Orson, Orson Welles got the job, because you were telling us that before we came in. Oh, well, delicious. I mean, yeah.
3: Well, Peter and I were with Charlie Feldman, who was a producer. Yeah. And Feldman, you know, had, had represented movie stars like Marlon Monroe, Gary Grant, no, Gary Cooper, and he'd uh, made what's he'd made what's New, new Pussycat yeah. with Peter, mm. and had been a big successful movie. Mm. And so we're in this room, and and I had been asked if I would direct Casino Royale, the the, the part with Peter in it. And he said, who do you guys think would be good as the uh, Chiffre, you know, the, the villain? So Peter said, Orson Welles. I mean, what about Orson Welles? He would, he would be good. And Charlie leans across and picks up the phone, looks at his watch, and he says, yeah, well, hang on, in Los Angeles, It's it's got to be, Orson's got to be out of bed by an hour or something. So he dials the phone, mm. hangs on, and says, hello, Orson? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sitting there and I thought, well, <laughs> this this is another... This is not television.
2: This, yeah, this you've is... gone up a level now.
3: Well, I was. But mind you, I used to think when I was going into the BBC, hey, how lucky I am, I'm going to work with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah, but yeah. But then you, you, you get into this room with Sellers and Feldman and uh, and and he said, I've got the voice here, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've got the director here, Joe McGrath. So I'm waiting for the voice or him to say... Who? You know, <laughs> Joe McGrath, you know, repeat my name. Orson didn't say who, obviously. He says, yeah, hang on. And he hands me the phone. Wow! So suddenly, you know, I'm sitting
2: You're hearing in this house ha-
3: in Mayfair and I'm talking to Orson Wells, And he starts talking and the phone is shaking. And it's not just his marvellous voice, my hand's shaking yeah, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's marvellous, you know. Do you think we're going to have fun on this one, Joe? I said, "Why not? <laughs> oh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, awesome! I think we're going to have a lot. No, no." So I said, "Yeah, you know, we'll." When you di- when can I get the pages?
2: Yeah, Immediately. So when we, you direct someone like Orson Wells, yeah. of course, who is an amazing director, was an amazing yeah. director himself. I mean, do you have to? How do you do? It? Do you have to kind of fake being a? I'm a big, famous director, and I'm going to tell Orson oh, Welles no, what to do, no, how, no, how do. How do you
3: do it? Now you become their equal, right. just by getting to know them. I right. mean, you know, what was Shirley MacLaine, too? And I mean, she she doesn't. personally, Shirley MacLaine doesn't disappoint you. What she is off screen yeah. is a very bright, intelligent, smart, funny woman. Yeah. Who, who doesn't stand fools? Yeah. She, she. She. You know. She fired a sound man on a movie I was on. Wow. Because we'd spent half an hour rehearsing the scene and then just before we're going to do a take the sound guy said surely love could we have a bit more voice and she said we've been rehearsing the scene yes. for two hours well done
2: joe thank you <laughs>
3: i i think by now you should have asked me to yeah have more voice a long time ago yeah no i never heard any more next day the guy was removed wow she was right yeah you spend a whole two hours rehearsing a scene and then just before you do it the guy says can you speak louder
2: yeah <laughs> Joe, we have to take a break. Are you all yes. right to stick around for another half an hour? Yeah. Is, that, is that OK? Yeah. We'll, we'll have a quick break, and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll come back with
0: more from Joe McGrath. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night.
2: Late night, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
2: Um. I'm joined by Joe McGrath and his son Dan. Um, uh, the Magic Christian on, on it it's on YouTube if you want to watch it, but I suggest it, you can get it on DVD for, for, mm. for, a, for a couple of quid, and I recommend it. It really is a beautiful piece of work. And
3: I get two and a half P
2: <laughs> for every single one. <laughs> You're very... Not off YouTube, you don't, no? <laughs> I hope you don't mind me sharing this. You, we were talking about Jerry Crampton, the stump man, yeah. who stopped you and Peter Sellers having a punch-up. Yeah. That description of of, of how he described the fight. Do, do, you, do you mind sharing oh, yes, that? It that was went, a lovely line. Well, he
3: came over, as I said he came over and separated us saying I don't know which one of you to hit, I love you both but he held he held us apart and later on he was on radio and he was being interviewed and somebody asked him what was it like when Joe and Peter were having this punch up, he said they were like two teenage
2: girls swatting bees.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, you yeah. kind of helped Bert Bacharach get a leg up in the industry as well, didn't well, you? That, no, with that film?
3: no, no, not at all. I mean, he was he was uh, he was uh, contracted by Charlie Feldman, you know, to to do the background to do the music for the film. Mm. But uh, there's there's a sequence in the film where Peter goes to meet Ursula, and uh, I shot it in in her what was supposed to be her apartment, through a fish tank. So there's fish there in slow motion. And Peter comes in in slow motion and, and she beckons him and he moves towards her and they meet and they kiss and then they move. And this is the fish in slow motion. They're in slow motion. And I shot it with the, when I was shooting it with the girl from Ipanema being played. Being
2: played in the studio Yeah, in the the
3: So that Peter and Ursula said, that's lovely, you know, it's great to move they moved to the music, rhythm, so that, so that it, was yeah. lovely so when when I edited the film Bart Bacharach was doing the the uh, music, Charlie Feldman who was a producer saw the my cut of this sequence <clears throat> and he said I, I think we should take that out of the film altogether, he's not being funny and I said no, no, no he's not meant to be funny this is, uh, he's meeting Ursula this is, uh, he's attracted and stuff like that, no way you know, and we got the girl from Ipanema playing behind it. And that's why, you know, I'd really like some. And Bert Bacharach, who was doing the music, was there. And he said, Charlie, he said to the film, and Charlie, leave it in. <laughs> I'll write a tune. I'll write a tune I'll to cover write it. Tune. <laughs> I'll write a tune. I'll write a tune. will write a to Is cover that easy? He said, you know. <laughs> and uh, Charlie said, no, no. So every time I went back and was running the film and bits of the film, Charlie had gone in, the producer had gone in behind my back, and and just taking this whole sequence out so that... Completely removed yeah, it? Yeah, so that you never actually saw Peter uh, arrive and meet Ursula you just, they happened to be together in the next scene. Yeah. So uh, each time I saw that, I put it back in. And then Bert turned up with The, the Look of Love. And he, we played The Look of Love and I said, now that is fantastic that's lovely. And Charlie would say no, nah, no, nah, nah, he's not being funny. And then Bert said, I'll get Dusty Springfield to sing it. Wow. And I said, Yeah, why this is again, yeah, why don't we get Dusty Springfield <laughs> to sing it? You know, <laughs> the next thing I'm in the studio with Bert and the, the bit of film, and Dusty's there with an orchestra. Hal David oh. has written the lyrics and to what, it because we didn't song. have lyrics. When the first time we just had yeah. the look of love, you know, being played with the, the Alpert trumpets, you know, and all that, you know. So uh, it, it was absolutely lovely, and Dusty sang it. And did it in one take. Oh, Can you believe What that? a voice, though. And when you see Burt Barker, I talk about Cilla Black. She used to take 35 takes.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
3: I'm not saying Silla's bad. Scylla no, no, was no. fantastic. But, but Dusty, Dusty did was... one. And, and
2: what a voice, Dusty Springfield. <laughs> and she
3: sings it. And, of course, it became a standard. Yeah. It's now a standard.
2: A lo- I mean, most people won't know it came from that movie. Yeah. You know. They're, they're... I, mean,
3: I said, I mean, I, when I was speaking to Orson years after, I saw Orson, and and I said, I really hate that film. He said, no, I don't hate that film. He said, look, you know, what you did was you shot a piece of film that has a standard now. It's a standard tune. Yeah. You just, as Dan said, I wrote a tune to cover it. <laughs> the so tune cool. was a
2: Look of Love." You know, you know. Um, the mag go uh, We're jumping all over the place, but yeah, I'm I'm, okay, I'm yeah. giddy with excitement, Joe. Yeah. The, the magic. But what ch- about my book, which <coughs> I'm publishing? <laughs> I'm looking for a publisher. Listen, we'll do it, Mister Publisher, anywhere uh, if you're out there. The Magic Christian is um it, it, it is joyous, but it is absolute... I found on YouTube there's a documentary behind yeah. the scenes of the Magic Christian. Have you oh seen yeah, it that? was
3: done by. Tony
2: Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's a nice little film. Yeah, but it's it's packed with celebrity, with, with famous people in it. It's got, you've got Spike Milligan, Christopher <laughs> Lee. Is John Cleese in it? I think does he? Yes, he pops. No, up no, it?
3: no, 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 John. Yes, he is. He is in it it's is. Like a cameo. I think. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. Um, but, but Roman like, Polanski. There's yeah, Polanski. But, but a good one. I, I got a good one about Christopher Lee because mm. Christopher Lee, you know, is a ship's vampire. Yeah. <laughs>
4: The ship's he said, vampire. I'm the ship's
3: purser. <laughs> but never mind, he's the ship's vampire. <laughs> and Christopher was running around with his teeth in and out and playing like that. And during one of the, the breaks, I've never told this story. During one of the breaks in the take, while we were waiting for relighting and stuff, Christopher dressed as, this, as Count Dracula is sitting talking to me. And he said, you know, Joe, being serious, he said, I have rather a good voice. I said, Really? Christopher. He said, yes, I have rather a good baritone voice. And I said, really? He said, and people have never used it in a film or something. They always get me to play the vampire yeah. and stuff like that. I said, so you, you really have a, a, you, you really can say? He said, oh, yes. Be my love, <laughs> far on. And he starts singing and Peter Sellers comes and he said, looks at me and he says, a vampire is singing, be my love to the, the director. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Must have been. F- was it with all of those guests that are in that <laughs> film, those stars? Was it? Was it a case of you going, "Hey, I wonder if we can get Christopher Lee to oh, be yeah, Dracula," yeah. And, and just plucking ideas out yeah, of the air? Yeah,
3: well, we got Yul Brynner. You yeah. know, he did it in drag, yeah. And it's actually it's my voice when he sings "Mad About the
2: Boy." He's singing it to Roman Polanski, <laughs> yeah, and of he sings it
3: to Roman. And and uh, it, Christopher, uh, not Christopher, but uh, Yul, Yul is singing the song, and in between takes, he says to me. It's very difficult, you know. The guy who sings this song, he said, uh, "He's very good, you know. He's above, he's below the beat. He's ahead of the beat. He's behind the beat. But he, but it's okay. It's been difficult, you know. I rehearsed it last night, and you know, whoever it is, I got it, and it, it's going to be okay, Joe. Don't worry." So I said, "Okay." And Roman Polanski is on the set. And he comes over to me and he says, "That's your voice, isn't it?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yes." He said, "We directors." We have to do
2: everything. (laughs) (laughs) It is packed... uh, That film, it's packed with... They're almost like little sketches. Oh Well, that's it. Uh, That was one of the criticisms
3: that uh, that some of the British... Oh, really? Yeah, the British critics said. They said it's episodic. But then it's written. It's supposed to be biblical. Yeah. It's supposed to be little...
2: Little things. Parables. Yes,
3: that's right. Little parables. That's very good. Yeah.
2: Uh, because I, I, that's one of the reasons I love it. You've got, yeah. you've got the, you know, you can split it into sections. The auctioneer's scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. scene the the Shakespeare's scene. The wonderful uh, scene. That's right. John Cleese
3: and Graham Chapman wrote that scene. Did they really? They wrote the, they wrote the Shakespeare
2: Larry Harvey scene. Oh, it's beautiful. Where right. he does it
3: in the nude. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then it's got neon um, neon lights flashing Yes, uh, at everywhere. the end it says that, uh, yeah. What and, and, I mean, the, the, we said the premise is everyone has a price and again that wonderful scene with Spike Milligan as the um, the, the kind of Traffic warden. The traffic warden. And he's, he's tr- he tries to bribe him, you can't bribe me. Got, <laughs> and then he offers him so much money he's <laughs> eating the ticket. He says, I'll
3: eat the ticket. And Peter says, you needn't do that. It's all right, sir, I'll eat the ticket. (laughs) I'll do it for you, sir.
2: Don't you worry, sir.
3: (laughs) And then as Peter drove off, he shouted, Spike shouted to him, Incidentally, I'm here every Tuesday, and, and, and that was ad lib. That was completely off the yeah. step. And Peter shouted back at the car, "Oh, Thursdays are better for me." <laughs> oh, it's lovely. It was. They was. They were. We had. We had a uh, two days to shoot that sequence. Yeah. And we were finished at three o'clock in the afternoon on yeah. the first day. Wow. And
2: so the producer said, "Oh God, wait a minute. We're gonna. What are we gonna do tomorrow?" Mm. <laughs> I love it. Now you have written a book. Yes. Yes. Been told to mention this. Yes, yes. No, um, but no, it, it's not published. What, what's no, going
3: on? Why not? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, it's, it's been seen by <laughs> by three or four publishers who all <coughs> who me. tell me, you know, and and uh, read it and mm. tell me we love it. But but do you think that really the sixties? Do you think that 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 sort of time? Do you think we oh. should be publishing that sort of stuff? I said, well, you know, I mean these these are stories uh anecdotes like we've told some tonight yeah uh, these are things <clears> that nobody knows about it's 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 inside gossip yeah. it's inside stories and it's explaining how how these sort of films get made and what these people are really like And it's not jokes. It's funny. It's stories. Yeah. And also, I've got the whole, uh, you know, stills from the picture. Oh. And also from Magic Christian. Oh. Yeah. All the the whole stills of the whole thing. Yeah. So the book would be, would be, you know, special. But I think the sort of publisher I need. Is a publisher that's interested in movies. Mm. I think that's the thing. So I've got a couple of names that I'll be trying in the next week or two. You'll be yeah. hassling them. Yeah.
2: Can I come and look at your pictures one day? Yes, <laughs> of I course. I want to come and yes, see we'll those. will bring
3: them in and show them oh. to the microphone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when you were writing and working with, with Sellers and, and yeah. Milligan and Cook. And Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. They're Peter, all yeah. very, very fast minds. Yeah. You were keeping up with them. Obviously, you're very quick mind. You were keeping up with them and batting yeah. ideas back. And forth.
3: Yeah. yeah, when I met Peter and I met Spike, they they uh, they told me they said no way. He said <laughs> Spike paid me a great compliment. He said you're one of the few directors and producers that when I try to explain something to you, your eyes don't glaze over and you look into the distance. Mm. <laughs>
2: Because <laughs> you, you, you were at the same speed as as, right. as, as, as them, you yeah, were able to yeah. work at that intensity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The Great McGonagall. Yes, yes. Now there's a film. There's a film. There's Peter Sellers f- as Queen Victoria. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a little bit more hard work to, uh, to watch than The Magic Christian. Yes, it's, it it's, certainly it, is. It, it's a, it, is it about a real Scottish poet? Oh or, yes. It, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's yes. Spike Milligan as this Scottish poet. Yes. And, It's a nuts
3: film. Well, the first poem that McGonagall ever wrote, it's four lines, it's the hen, it is a noble beast, the cow is more forlorner, standing in the rain with a leg at every corner. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's the first poem McGonagall ever wrote. Oh, they're real. They're Bruce, real. He lives. He lived in Dundee, and if you go to Dundee, there is a statue. Wow. He's standing, looking out to sea. Yeah. And <laughs> so
2: you made the film. Did Spike wrote the movie?
3: He and I wrote you it. You wrote together. it together. And Spike appeared as McGonagall, and Sellers was uh, Queen Victoria. Because a film like that would never get made. No, no. In a no, million no, no, years no, no. now. Well,
2: in those days, it was easier, much easier. And was it, in the, it was because of your reputation and, and you got Spike well, and in spike it. Well, getting Spike
3: and Peter, that, that was a big thing too. But, but it was easier to get things made in those days. Yeah. I mean, I, I weep for, for young people. Yeah. I do, you know, the, the lack of opportunity and chance to get. I mean, nowadays, if somebody says, I'm studying media, I'm doing media studies, everybody goes, oh, yeah, know, they all laugh. There's nothing wrong in studying media studies. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Fine.
2: Do you miss it? Do you miss directing? Do you oh, do you, yes, do you, do you yes. sit at home watching films and TV and go, well, "I wouldn't have done it like that."
3: No, I love film. You know, yeah. I, I really and actually, I I'm an audience. I mean, Dan Dan will tell you that. I mean, if I see a Richard Lester film and I watch a Richard film or Buster Keaton or yeah. or W. C. Fields, who's my my god, my yeah. great favorite, you know, uh, I just fall on the floor. Yeah, because you recognise the work and the genius that went into. it. And the ability to make you laugh,
4: mm. you know.
5: And also, I think there was a time we, we where uh, we lived together for a short while. Uh, strangely, in the mid oh, oh, in the mid nineties. That's yeah. a whole other night. Gosh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> you, you know, you're always very good at kind of pointing out what would be termed a box set now uh, back then it was a series on telly you mm. know but you were always like we should watch this you know mm. there was homicide life on the street there were certain things yeah. where we were like you should watch this This is great you know so i think yeah. Yeah. or what you know you you're always taking things in yeah. and watching stuff on telly it's not that kind of retro yeah. thing you're always appreciating stuff and kind of going this is great we should mm. watch this and yeah. not dissecting it like anybody would say no oh, no well, it was me no you know,
3: no, I, you know I don't uh,
5: but you miss, you misdirecting.
3: Oh yes, yes, uh, yeah. I mean, I miss, but I couldn't do it now because Why? You know, it's the hardest job in the world. I mean, if you think of a feature film, you're doing fifteen weeks every day, yeah, including weekends. But even you're, you're with editing, you're cutting. But even with the way with, with the changes in
2: technology, yeah, the, the digital yeah. and all of that no. stuff. And
3: of course, nowadays, the the unions are no longer. The, strong as it used to be. Yeah. And I mean this in the nicest way. So people are working 14 and 16 yeah. and 18 yeah. hours, are working through the night. And we, you know, that was happening occasionally with us too. But I mean, when you consider you're, you're getting up every day at six o'clock in the morning, you're going into the studio, you don't get back to midnight mm. and you've shot and then you've seen what you shot the day before then you've gone in and you've edited it with the editor and you and you're and you've been writing it before the film yeah. and you're rewriting during the film and then you're putting up with with the egos and the temperaments of somebody saying, "Listen, uh, <clears throat> Peter's not turning out, not turning up tomorrow. He's decided that uh, there's a bit of trouble at home, and he's staying at home." And you suddenly have to reschedule and say, yeah. "Right, well, tomorrow we'll do this and do that." You know, <laughs> a very good story about that. Peter and I are driving into Shepparton once in a hired car with this driver in front of us, and Peter is saying to me, "I'm not sure about you know but the. It was the." In, in uh, Magic Christian, Magic Christian, where he's a shopkeeper and he reduces prices and gives it all away yeah. free, and then the next day when they come back, the shop is no longer there. Yeah, it was just, you know. The thing. So we're going in, and Peter is talking to me and saying, "I think I should do this," "I think I should do that," and the driver is driving. And the driver says over his shoulder, uh, "Excuse me, gents, but that scene's been cut." <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing now and Seller says what? <laughs> he said yeah the, the producers cut that scene because the, the set was, isn't ready in time so you'll have to come up with an can you go back to the set you were oh. on yesterday and come up with another and make it longer oh, or, or shoot and, and Peter I said wait a minute so Peter says just a minute and he closes the, he closes the partition so the driver can't hear us and Peter says to me what do you think, there's nothing worse than a driver on the way up. (laughs) (laughs) And then he opens the thing again, and he said, you tell the producer from us that we're going to do that scene, whether he likes it or not.
6: The guy says,
3: me, who do you think I am? Peter said, well, whoever you are, you tell (laughs) him. And we were in hysterics, but... But at the same time, it, it's horrible, you know. Yeah. You suddenly you're told oh, the, by the driver. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I do want to mention it because I know it was your birthday this week. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, and uh, but that? I, can, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy that directed Kez and I, Daniel Blake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Loach. Ken Loach. Yeah, because he's just made. He's in his eighties. And he's oh, I know. Just, yeah. He's no, just know, made. Yeah, no, no. I Daniel Blake film. Yes, which is... yes, I know. But I,
3: I, I don't. I don't mean this. In, in a, it's not nasty because I know Ken and I think he's a great director. Yeah. I think the type of films he makes aren't, aren't the sort of rollicking type of comedies. I mean, even just coming in and, and reminiscing yes. about them, I'm exhausted.
2: I know what you mean. There is a certain yeah. amount of pace. And
3: especially if you work with guys with egos like Spike and, yeah. and Sellers and Orson Welles mm. and Shirley McLean mm. and Warren Beatty and mm. stuff like that, you know.
2: What did you do with Warren Beatty?
3: No, I did a, I did a documentary with Warren. I mean, you know, he's Shirley McLean's brother.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah lovely guy d- d- tough to work with though no lovely great fun um i said if you have any trouble i'm gonna tell shirley and you, <laughs> you we've don't, don't, don't we've only got a couple of minutes okay. i could keep here
2: all night but i'm gonna let you go but do you I think just, i'll last but, uh, i think i think you can make it in this business i think you've got you've got something going for you who in terms of comedy who do you like now who do you rate now is there anyone as good as like steve Cook? coogan yeah
3: i like steve coogan very much yeah 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 very much I think he's 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 great, uh, and if we had if we had the sort of film industry that that we had in the sixties, Steve would have done a lot better.
2: Yeah, he's he's done that thing of doing silly little roles in American yeah, movies yeah. to try and make it in America. Yeah. But instead of, as you say, in the sixties and the seventies, to a certain extent, he would have starred in some huge oh, British yeah. he would have comedies. He's got it. He's he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah
3: um guys like that you know i think are wonderful
2: Joe, so I, I i i love you i was, I was oh no darling. i do i was so i texted dan saying dan said we're on our way get ready and yeah. i texted back, going i'm really nervous but just because um you, you have had such a positive impact on my life mm. in terms of the, the 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 you know the not only but also the magic christian yeah. the great mcgonagall uh, the casino royale which i've got it's kind of my yeah. my dirty little secret that yeah, film i yeah. do enjoy that um and you're absolutely brilliant. I do hope that book gets published. Mm, at thank some you point. very much. I, I hope much, someone yes. pulls their finger out of their arse. <laughs> and, and, because I would read
3: that. I would buy that at a moment's notice. You, you gave me a good title, didn't you? Accordionist Ventiloquist. ventriloquist. Yeah, i <laughs> you know, the whole the whole list yeah, of them.
2: Exactly. Um, listen, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you for plugging my book. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, it, when it actually comes out, we will plug it. Dan, thank you very much. you now you're, pleasure. You're kind of you're, you're a bit like me that you're a radio geek. You kind yeah, of you work. Yeah. Yeah in, yeah yeah you, yeah, you, yeah you dig all of this stuff. You got anything exciting going on at the moment that we should know about or is it all No, not for me. Thanks no, for coming no, in no, Dan. Thanks, right, yeah. okay. <laughs> 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 all right, listen, thank you so much, Dan. It's I'll nice. employ him. Uh, em. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> I'll employ him. Em. No, t- all you two have done is, fight, all you've done is say, shut up, Dan, shut up. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. I... <laughs> I had. A, how long have we got? You've got 40 we got? seconds. Okay, Go I on. had a
5: lovely time. When I lived with him in the 90s, I was yeah. on the radio at the time. I was working with somebody very similar to a lot of the people he worked with, and he was my rock, oh, because yeah. he got me through the mid-90s when I worked with somebody that was very difficult on the The guy LA. with red hair. And he, oh! was, <laughs> he was great. Joe was, dad, dad was great, because he was there for me, because he said, I know what those people are like. It's all going to be fine. Oh. And it was great. We had a good time. We bonded, didn't oh, we? All this too. I used to say, this too will pass. This yes. too will pass,
2: Dan. <laughs> thank you, mate. Joe, thank pleasure. you so much. No, and thank, thank you, you for uh, asking. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, uh, we'll take your calls now. Do you oh, want three... me to...
3: I'll sing you a song. No, I you want you Joe? to get <laughs> out there. you have you,
2: <laughs> finished. Oh, 0344
0: 499 four, nine, 1000.
2: Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. <laughs> Late Nights, Ian Lee
0: on talk Radio. talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
1: Seven
4: James Bonds at Casino Royale. They came to save the world and win a girl at Casino Royale.
7: Six of them went to a heavenly spot. The seventh one is going to a place where it's terribly hot. Waiting for a line Have no fear, Bond is here. He's gonna save the world at Casino Royale.
4: All
2: I mean, can we just play that last hour twice more, please? Because that was just, um, what an absolute, uh, uh, you, you may not have seen it on Twitter because of the, on Periscope, sorry, because of the way the, the the camera was angled. I've turned it off now, but the way it was angled, I'm just li- literally for that entire hour, I'm sat there with my mic down low, my uh, uh, head on my hands, just just grinning up at, at Joe, just grinning, uh, and just uh, and completely unsure where to go next. You know, I just could have said names to him. Halfway through it, I was just pretty much just saying names. They go, "Oh yes, Peter, Co-. wonderful, wonderful." Do yourself a favour. Go on, go on Amazon. Buy the Magic Christian on DVD. It's about three quid, right? Um, and even if you hate it, it, it's a it's it's an incredible film to watch. An incredible bit of film to watch. Um, I love that. Love that. Love that. Um, and loads of you are sending suggestions about crowdfunding a book and. Um, And that certainly is a way to go, but uh, how on earth, why are there not publishers knocking down his door to get the rights to that book? He's got behind-the-scenes pictures, photos of Orson Welles and Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan and Shirley MacLaine, what? And Peter Cook and Dudley, people aren't, listen, I know, very few, you know, the books ain't selling what they used to, right? And there are very few authors that will make a lot of money from a book. I, 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 suspect Joe isn't after a lot of money. I'm sure he'd like some money. But, um, that book has got, you know, he's 88 years old, guys. Come on. Someone. Someone. Get that book made. So we can all just sit around and look at it. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, wow, I'm, man, well, that's going to be a very special podcast to go out tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow, um, three hours of calls straight to air, guys. Three hours of calls straight to air. I don't think you're up to it. I don't think, um, we're going to hear anything groundbreaking or, or particularly exciting or maybe even interesting. I don't know, but, you know, I thought I'd give you the opportunity. Um, and meanwhile, this evening... O oh, three four 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 nine nine
6: one thousand. Good evening, Dredge. You know that Leonardo da Vinci cartoon, I couldn't see the bloody joke.
2: <laughs> oh man, I'm eating a sandwich. Um
6: <laughs> All those people sat around, look extremely <laughs> stationary to me. He directed that He directed that, is, that That is the best for me, that is the best comedy sketch ever made. It's a great sketch.
2: It's a great sketch. And um uh, I just love the way he kind of stumbled into that career.
6: <laughs> just, g- just if he hadn't, if he hadn't, if he hadn't recorded that himself, yeah. it would have been lost.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as a, I mean, the, the criminal the stuff that, that got wiped over and taped over and burnt and all of that stuff. Um, sorry, Dredge. I, I I know that you called in to speak to him. I hogged that I, that hour was me being a complete and utter fanboy. Um, and, um, I, 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 I had, I had to hog McGrath there, but, um... Oh, wow. What a man.
6: It's great to hear him, it's great to hear him on the radio, it's great to hear him anywhere. Yeah. As he might say, you know, it's great to be anywhere. But, <laughs> I, um,
2: I am gonna have a work, cos we've got one of our listeners, Ripley, works at the, um, Regent Street Cinema. And I'm gonna, I'll send down a text saying, look, if, you know, if, if, if Joe fancies... Me putting on a, a screening of the Magic Christian and then coming out and doing a little Q and A at the end of it, I, you know, I, I, I would be more than happy to do that. I wouldn't want it, wouldn't want any money for it. Um, I, I, I'll send down a little text tomorrow just to say thank you and put and float that idea because, um, people like Joe, um, they should be celebrating. I mean, he's a he's a window into you know our popular cultural history.
6: I mean, why? People aren't interested, people must be interested in publishing his book. I mean, look at the... Maybe he's not
2: written a book. Maybe maybe he's a fantasist, and the whole book no, thing is a lie.
6: Possible. That would, explain, that would explain a lot of his work, anyway. <laughs> maybe.
2: <laughs> oh, God, I've, I've just fallen in love with an 88-year-old man, and I don't care who knows about it, Dredge.
6: But he worked with like people like Morecambe and Wise on their last film.
2: Yes, he did, yeah, yeah, but was it Mid-Train mid to Murder? Yeah. Mid-Train to mid Midsummer? Yeah, murder.
6: yeah, yeah, Night Train to Murder that, or something. That was it, something like that. But he, he basically worked with every great comedian, you know, of that time, and, uh... Have you seen... it So you've seen The Great McGonagall?
2: Uh, it, the Great McGonagall is a, is a tough old watch.
6: It's, it's, it's tough for me, and I'm the biggest Spike Milligan fan you can get.
2: But I love it. I love it for the fact that, that it exists, and people put money into it, and, and you know, people will, have, people will have seen, oh, there's a new Spike Milligan Peter Sellers film. Let's go and see that. And they would have paid their money, and they would have sat down, and most of them would have walked out going,
6: what the hell was that we just watched? I love it.
2: I love it. <laughs>
6: It's amazing that, in a way, as you said, that those films ever got made. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, what a great man. What a great man. And, uh, you know, I'm just gl- glad that he was on on the radio tonight and uh, we could hear all these incredible stories. He sounds sharp as a. Oh, he's,
2: he's very funny. When he came, we came, he came in about 20 to 10, and, um, he just had me and Kath in hysterics. He was just sat there holding court and, you know, telling... (laughs) He told me one story about the Beatles. He said, oh, let's not mention that because it might upset Ringo. So I I, I won't mention that. Send me an email and I'll let you know. Um, But, um, and he was... All of his stories were a lot swearier. They all were
6: very, very sweary. But... um, I was watching this bonkers thing he did yesterday on on YouTube. He directed this peculiar thing about Sherlock
2: Holmes with John Cleese. Yeah, I I, I John Saw that. that was kind of like mid to late 70s, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, and it had Arthur Lois Watson, who it had perfectly cast. Yeah. And uh, Watson was sort of portrayed as this complete idiot, and all he kept saying was, Good Lord. <laughs> Great Scott. Yeah,
2: any good or a mess?
6: Parts of it are really, really funny. It has dated somewhat, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
6: But you can see the, you can see the sort of magic in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was like an extended Python sketch, really.
2: Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if, you know, just, just one more roll of the dice, you know, just, just you know, if he, if he got together with Coogan and, and just, you know, even if he just did like a little 15 minute short. I should have suggested that, a little short.
6: Ah, anyway, he's not. It's interesting. Sure. It's, in, it's interesting you mentioned Coogan because I guess maybe Coogan is sort of the nearest thing we've got to Peter Sellers yeah. these days. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, I think so. In, in, in more ways than one. Um, Dredge, listen, thank you for that. I appreciate your call. 03444991000. Geo! Hello. Are you? Hello.
8: Hello. Are you there?
2: Well, I'm there, but you're not really.
9: Hello. I think this is the part where embarrassment isn't it?
2: Yes. No, what, what you've yes. done is you've done something, so we well, can't I, hear I, I, I you. I
9: I can't Anyone, guys? This guy sent me yeah. the most yeah. rambling,
2: yeah. insane yeah. email this you week you as well. There. This guy. Hello.
9: I don't
2: know how to build on anything yeah uh, uh-huh you're listening to talk radio this okay. is what later oh, hello, oh my goodness I had
9: it on um how you doing buddy you're right uh yeah
2: what happened there
9: Gio? Right. Uh, uh I had uh, the audio output on like uh, the ear instead of the speaker, by the way, I have you on speaker is that all right
4: uh eh,
2: I'm not really a fan of speaker. No, all right. You're in California. How you doing?
9: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just calling to say I'm a really big fan of your show, and um, I enjoy your radio personality.
2: Um, y- I didn't understand yeah, I any of the email you sent me. Yeah, well, you know, the very really
9: huh? rushed. What, uh, they're very rushed, as you know.
2: Well, it's it's a it's it's quite a. Um, Would you like to talk about it? Sh- shall I read out the email? No, never mind. Okay, this was sent yesterday, and it's entitled "It's All Gravy" from yes. Geo. Okay, are you there? Are you okay? <laughs> what? Um, Sorry. Want, Is there any chance we could not be on speakerphone? Okay. There. This is your email. There are things, lads, that aren't observable through what we can dig up. I try to make the least... By the way, if you're listening at home, if, if any of this makes sense, good luck. I try to make the least noise Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I'm giving somebody a break. People's days off. And I try to get in my character when I try to convey myself... And it's very audible, kind of embarrassing because I feel people around me observing <sighs> me. What the hell? That, that and and that's the bit that makes the most sense, but yeah. that doesn't make any sense.
9: Right. Well, because I feel like sometimes my neighbors is kind of like uh, in my case all the time. And, uh, well,
2: why? Right. Why are they in your case? Because I,
9: and I'm not. I'm kind of an introvert. Yeah. And I don't go out much, and I guess that's kind of interesting to observers uh who's somebody that's kind of observers well neighbors sorry neighbors yes um well yeah, we see somebody that's kind of stable and doesn't go up, but you know
2: that's kind of curious, isn't it okay it, it continues Can, may i may i read read some more okay how have you been mate? I hope you're all set and having an adequate show. I feel uh, emoticon. I feel like I've been under a microscope more than usual in recent days. Your league of honorable hosts kind of put ideas on my head. Uh, what ideas have been put on your head, Geo Oh, uh, well, you see,
9: um, after your show last Tuesday, yeah, and there was a couple of hosts, and that gave me an impression that they were working overtime. And uh, there was saying things that's kind of, um... Uh,
2: well, suggestive. W- was and it the two well, mics? I didn't really know what to think. The two mics well, were suggestive I- to you?
9: Maybe, maybe. It's not really offensive or anything. I don't, I don't mind. I, mean, okay. I just don't want to have anybody work extra, you know? Just, um...
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It continues. We're nearly there. About halfway through... I've I've a speculative thought from what I've heard from recent broadcasts that maybe I can help as well as talk can help me. I'd like to have your thoughts on this if you'd indulge me. Well,
9: um, I can help by contributing to the show as much as uh, helping goes. Other than that, I don't really know how else talk can help me other than... Um,
2: company um say that again is very muffled. is there any way you can make it less muffled are you kind of like hiding under your duvet
9: uh, I, I think it's just a mic on my phone i'm sorry about that i'll uh, try to
2: no that's okay gian I'm, I'm enjoying this call i'm glad you've called in because i really want to try and get to the bottom so what's this um i i I've, I've speculative thought from what I've heard from recent broadcasts that maybe I can help as well as talk can help me. How can you help us, and how can we help you, Gio? Well,
9: I can help you by contributing to your show, calling uh, Every now and then again, and uh, now and again. Now and you. again. Beautiful. Well, well, and how can we help you? Really um I have social interactions. I'm kind of an introvert, you see, and uh, it's yeah. not really any harm to call a radio show, is it? You you have social what? Sorry. Uh, uh, well, I have social anxiety. for Social
2: what? anxiety. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you struggle to go out and communicate with people. Uh,
9: well, eh? I struggle to make friends, but I have better acquaintances.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, how did you? How long? Because I know you sent me an email. No, this is the. How long have you been listening to to this show and to me? Oh, cool. I think I've been listening to you since um, the day that
9: you did the Dukes. That was a good show. The Dukes. During,
2: yeah, you were giving away. Uh, oh, the count when we gave the away show. the counties. Yeah, yeah, the counties. How the did country, you? How, how did you? That. Right, because you li- you live in California. How right. did you? It was a good show. That how did you find this show? Then I don't know.
9: One day I was just uh, on the web. I was looking at the radio talk shows, and I Google talk radio or talk show. Yeah.
2: yours was the first thing that came up. Well, there you go, you see. It would appear that our um, obscure advertising campaign of just being <laughs> listed on Google um, is actually paying off one person every three months. <laughs> That's sure. So, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Gio, I'm glad you found us. I'm glad you've helped clear up this email. Um, you also say in another email, Kath, um, you can get it any day. Is that... I'm assuming <laughs> that is... That is, and there's a wink, a winky emoticon. I'm assuming that means sex?
9: Oh, I was just, you know, it, it was all too serious, and I thought I'd just throw it in just to, just to you know what I mean, lighten things up, because uh, I've kind of given the impression that it's kind of a vague figure um, that's listening to you guys from California, so I thought I'd just throw that in there, just to lighten the mood.
2: Do you say rapey figure? No, vague figure. Vague figure. okay, vague sorry. Figure. And then there's a lovely yeah. PS in this one. The Soothers were great on last night's show, but swing in a miss. But all's good in radio, seemingly. It was still relatable. Well, I'm glad we're still relatable.
9: It was am going to Gio, I'm gonna, we're going to
2: change your name on the screen. I want it to say Gio, American Correspondent. You just got yourself a an unpaid gig as our official American correspondent, Geo. Sweet. Oh, sweet. I'm, I'm glad like you ca- you called in and explained that email because it really had me scratching my head.
9: Yeah, I, I realise it it'll, it'll look very Sorry about that.
2: Don't don't apologise, buddy. I'm glad you've 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 come. You've you're home. You've come to the right place. Thanks, man. That's really seated Gio, Well, listen, I'm going to move on because I've got to play some ads. We'll speak again soon, brother. Take care. Good to talk to you, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. There we go. I'm glad that got cleared up because that email came in yesterday and uh, I, I didn't have a clue. and I, Now, I, I I still don't have a clue, but at least I can put a voice to it. And he was what a lovely voice. Thank you, Gia. Um, 0344 499 1000. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Across
0: the UK, online and on DAB.
1: Late Nights, Ian Lee
0: on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Woo!
2: I um, just had a, ta- a text from Dan McGrath, Joe's son, um, just saying, thank you. Joe loved it, and um, he had a great time. But the pleasure is all ours, Joe. The pleasure is all ours. Um, 344 499 is the telephone number. Um, if you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome. Have you typed something on the screen? You, oh, you... T- because you update, you know, you're updating Facebook. Okay, you, you'll see. you see. I see you, I see you, you get like a light bulb goes off in your head and you, you go down and you type. And I can't see whether you're typing on the laptop or the works computer to do with production and, and passing messages on as the producer to the presenter. But no, you were doing, you were doing, selling stuff on eBay. That's, hey, speaking of eBay, I, Kath and I do um, a lot of sitting around in the office, watching three wives one husband um and tonight thank you tonight i thought sod it i bought a gamecube on ebay to set up in the office yeah that's right ed this this show has got its own gamecube and i've bought mario kart (laughs) i've been eyeing up gamecubes you know they're, they're an old nintendo thing old 2001 two something like that and i've been eyeing them up but i can't really justify it we've got an xbox i believe i may have got my hands on a nintendo Switch. So i so i can't and i was just sat in the office and i thought wouldn't it be um wouldn't it be nice just to have, you know when there's nothing on telly and we we've, we've, we've done the prep for the show um and that means walking to the shop and buying a a sandwich um just just getting the GameCube out of the boot of the car plugging it in and having a few uh, rounds of mario kart so that's what we've done a show GameCube, wow, I look after my team. Uh there's 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 two controllers. There's two controllers, guys. Um Yeah. Let's go to uh Paul. Good evening, Paul. Hi, Wayne. Hello
10: Paul. There you go, I don't know why I do it to myself with you. Sorry? I don't know why I do it to myself with you every night, but you're a bit you're a bit infectious. you're, you're kind of
2: a bit I'd rather be addictive than infectious. Yeah, yeah. well, addictive, infectious, yeah. So, uh, uh, an addictive infection. Yeah. Use that, use that, clip that, that's, that's good, we'll have that, there that'll be go. the tagline. Ian Lee, podcast, he's an addictive yeah. infection. Yeah. Yeah, well.
10: Okay, right, you were interviewing that guy earlier. Yeah. That was at Spike Milligan and things like that, Yeah? Yeah? You were interviewing that guy there that was on about Spike Milligan and things like that, yeah? Hello? Yeah, uh, hello? Okay, you you were interviewing that guy there that was on about working with Spike Milligan and things like that, yeah? Well, I've grown up, been brought up with Spike Milligan and people oh, like that. Oh, really? Edward what
2: Lear.
10: was he like? No, I didn't meet him. <laughs> because you didn't. I didn't meet him. I've just been brought up with knowing about him oh. and things like that by my dad growing up as a child, and things like Edward Lear, things like nonsense rhymes, and I write most of the time.
2: You're, I, not, you're, not, you're not going things. to recite a poem that you've written, are you? No, it's not. Because I don't, I, I don't like poetry on the radio. Okay, well, it's not a poem. Well, what is it's it? It's just a nonsense rhyme.
10: Well, that's a poem. No, it's just a rhyme. A poem and a rhyme are different.
2: What's the difference between a poem and a rhyme? Okay, can I just.
10: Okay, right. No. You, your, no. first, your first ever show, Big Break, was a TV show called The Eleven O'Clock Show, yeah?
2: Well, depends that what you mean. A... That it, had Ricky it, Gervais. Depends on it. what you mean by Big Break. Well, the... it was the first thrice weekly. Late night satirical comedy show that I'd ever hosted on Channel Four. Yes, and it was very good, as I remember. Does that count as a break? Yeah, and Ricky
10: and Ricky Gervais was on it as well, wasn't he?
2: Were you brought up with him as well. No,
10: but all I'm going to say is what I'm going to read. No, is Ricky Gervais? No, no, no,
2: no, 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 no I, I I'd like to know the definition, the difference between a poem and a rhyme. Because I don't like poetry on the radio. I think it's awful.
10: Well, I'm going to say a nonsense rhyme. Well, that's that a poem. Things like Spike Milligan wrote. And yeah, I wouldn't,
2: wrote. I wouldn't... If Spike Milligan were here, I wouldn't let him read a poem on the radio. It's not a poem, it's a rhyme. Well, uh, you've yet to tell me the difference... Why do you always question this? Then? I don't always question this. We've never had this conversation before. I know, but you just question, you just I don't like to take things at face value. That's how we learn is by questioning. Can I just say this, please? No.
10: Okay. Fine. I just say no. I really enjoyed that interview with that guy you did tonight. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It was good. Uh, please let me say this. No. <laughs> you say you say on your on your website that you accept people that speak the truth. Which website is that? I don't say that. The talk website. You say. It's not my website. You, you say you have to have people
2: that have a bloody
10: good reason to flow in.
2: I don't say that. Yes, it is on Facebook. I've never never seen the Talk Radio. Hang on, you said Talk Radio website, and now you're saying Facebook. No, I haven't said Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. I've never said Facebook. I'm not on the Talk Radio website. I've never seen
10: it. I don't know what they say on there. I don't say it. Okay, well, you've commented about my
2: phone calls before on the Talk Radio website. No, I haven't. I've never never commented. Okay, well, it's written for you then, isn't it? Well, well, if if someone is saying something on my behalf, then yes, it is written for me, because I don't know anything about it. Okay, well, it's
10: put up on the Talk Radio okay. website. If you click on your face to do I, your show, it, I, is,
2: it is there. I'm too busy, to, I'm t- too busy to go online. <laughs> I'm going to say. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You're, 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 uh, I'm not going to allow it, Paul.
10: <laughs> okay, right. Thanks if for I calling. I see you in Costa on some Saturday, I'll tell it you then. I avoid that Costa now. <laughs> Fine by me. You're too busy painting a bloody guitar with your kids, aren't you?
2: Thanks for calling, Paul. Uh, You
10: see, you won't let me say it. No. Come on, let me say it. No.
2: I'm going to say it. You can cut me off. I'm going to start it. No, I'm going to fade you down. You faded down. I'm not going to cut you off. I faded you down. Don't like poetry on the radio, particularly homebrew poetry. Listen, if you've written a poem at home, um, trust me, it won't be any good. They never are. Okay. I'm sorry. This is bloody good. I bet
10: it's not. I bet it's awful. Well, okay. You you test me and let me read it out. I don't then. want to
2: test you. I met a guy in a. Okay. I don't know if that was the start of the poem, or if he was about to tell me an anecdote, but. And why? There we go he doesn't know that he's not being broadcast here and that we we can't hear him or his poem. I hate poetry on the radio. It is awful. Just It's just, you always get old biddies phoning up. I've written a poem and I know, I bet I know the tune of this poem. I don't know the words, but I know the tune. The tune goes, are you ready? Da-dun, da dan 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 da 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 is that the tune? Have I got the tune right, Paul? You think you're smart. Let me just read it. No. It will make people think. No, it won't. It will make people think that your poems stink.
10: Oh, I'm a poet and I never <laughs> there, you go. there you go,
2: you're telling a
10: poem now, aren't you?
2: Well, no, it was a, it was just a rhyme. Oh, it's a rhyme, yeah. What's the difference? You tell me, Paul. I met a guy... Okay. In- okay, so, um... <laughs> honestly... Even professional poetry is bad. You look at the war poets, Wilfred Owen. Wilfred Owen, oh, God, it's just so tedious. And and, and Spike Milligan was a great writer and a great performer, but the poetry was just, just l- lousy. Sorry, Paul, what was that? I couldn't hear you. Your fader was down. I, uh, I just read it out. Well, oh, you read it out to no one. OK, fine. Thanks. Never mind. Thanks for calling. There we go. Oh,
0: 03444991000. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night.
1: Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
2: Honestly, poetry is awful. Okay, even professional poets, it's awful. They just can't write a story. They, they haven't got the, the, the skills to write a, st- a story, so they'll write 12 lines of verse. And, it, it, oh, it's beautiful, and it, it really... Ca- no, it's not beautiful. It doesn't capture the spirit of anything. And that's professional poets, right? Um, Ted Hughes. Ted Hughes, now, interesting man. Ba- you know, a mess. A mess. Um, Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um... But the poetry, you know... No good. Uh, and if you write poetry at home, trust me, it it will be rubbish. It will be rubbish, simple as. Um, here's a caller in Bangor. 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 What's your name, caller? John. What's your real name, caller? John John. OK, John John. Ask away. I've asked all I want to ask.
11: Okay, my real name is John John, but it's not. And I can't reveal my real name because of the subject matter I'm about to discuss, if you allow me. It's concerning false allegations of stalking. Imagine being accused of stalking when, in actual fact, all you're actually doing is inquiring into... An event that has had the country gripped for going on four years, going back to 2012, and let's say you're qualified in respect of research. You're no, you're being
2: you're being, you're being um, um, I obtuse. To, I have to be Ian. Well, well, but 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 you're being so obtuse that I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's it's it doesn't make any sense. It's not very interesting.
11: Maybe a question or two might trigger well, it Well, I don't off.
2: know what you're talking about, so I, I wouldn't know what to I'm, ask. Yeah, I'm talking about
11: being falsely accused of something with regard to the Thomas issue, which is
2: stalking. Okay, let's not call it the Thomas issue. Let's call it stalking. Okay, well... But I don't Thomas. know what you're talking about, so I can't, um...
11: Imagine being falsely accused.
2: Yes, I bet it's, I bet it's horrible.
11: It's worse than that. But it's, it's... really horrible. Worse than really horrible. Really, really horrible? Imagine being accused of rape. Gosh. Gosh, indeed. It's the equivalent of.
2: Well, it's not. Well, it is. No. Were you accused accused of rape? I have been. Okay. Well, then that's... Not by the
11: uh, persons who are accusing me of stalking.
2: Okay, gosh, you really do um uh, uh, attract attract a lot of false accusations.
11: you wouldn't believe it well, you could not write it well, I'm not sure I do believe it
2: okay you next well, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I've got no idea what you're talking about.
11: being falsely accused of being a stalker, okay try to imagine ask you listen, why would
2: I want to imagine that?
11: Look, well, because it's
2: simple. Well, but I don't want to imagine. I don't want to imagine that
11: somebody phones up and admits to being a stalker. Yeah. And I've no doubt, judging by the Twitter response and various other social media responses, you know, it causes a, a great deal of interest when you've got somebody admitting to being a stalker. Now try imagining, because I know it'll be difficult for you and your listeners, but try to imagine being accused of stalking.
2: I don't want to imagine that.
11: Okay. Let yourself try to imagine. No. Nope. Let your readers try to imagine.
2: Listeners? No. Why would you it's, want to sorry. put that why would you want to put that in people's heads?
11: Because it's happening. It's a reality. There's people on Twitter who are let's use the name investigators, individual investigators, researchers. Oh,
2: I see what you're doing. Okay, so you're you're referencing my guest yesterday. Um and um i i i don't like the game you're playing Okay. I don't, don't like the mean. game I don't like the you
11: you just do... fall up with the intention of playing a game well yeah. you pl-
2: you are playing a game and you're not playing it very well um and you're playing a mean game and you're playing a mean game very very badly um you are doing that thing that people on twitter do d m me I've got some information <laughs> d m me um, I'm not. No you are. You've come on no with I'm a not. fake name. No, not. You've no, not, not told us anything that you're talking about and you want they, me to yeah. question well I well I don't want to speak I don't want to speak to you then because you're, you, you it's boring and I've got no idea what you're talking about. That's unfortunate. Well for you not for me. Not for your listeners. No it's not because you're not it's bo- get both sides. Well I do how, we how many people what are the statistics
11: for false allegations of rape.
2: I I've got absolutely no idea you tell me. Yeah, Thirty-five percent. Where did you get those figures from?
11: I'm a researcher.
2: Yeah. Where did? You, okay. Well, what did you research to get those figures? Academic research. Okay. Well, what did you academically research to get those figures? Academic research. Well, can you Find give me some names?
11: I completed a dissertation All on right. ma- on male rape.
2: Well, in that case, then you'll be able to um, give me your your cite uh, your um, uh, sources. Well, the numerous. I have had about well, three hundred references. Give me one. Give me one reference that that backs up what you're saying, David Cantor. Right, who is that? Professor David Cantor. Who is that?
11: He's a professor, obviously.
2: Okay, and wh- wh- where does and he's, he? Where he's does on he... the
11: verge. He thinks right, and I've read him. I'm, I'm not. Yes, he's on the verge.
2: Him. So he hasn't proven he's,
4: anything. No, Give me on some the verge proven of statistics
11: the genetic DNA that could possibly lead to the identification of potential paedophiles.
2: Right, OK. You, you, you mentioned that 35% of rapes, that people who are accused of rape were, were okay, falsely so. accused. I, I was asking for the, the evidence that, that proved that. It's not 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 about about DNA profiling pedophiles. When I phoned up, I didn't realise that I'd be asked to get my research out and. Well, if you're going to come on and 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 make spurious claims, then then yeah, I'd like to I'd like to know where you got those figures from.
11: It would take you ten seconds on Google to find out.
2: Well, I'm talking to you, so you can tell me.
11: I haven't got Google on.
2: But you you brought it up. You said that 35% of people, that's a very specific figure, 35% of people accused of rape were falsely accused. 35
11: to 38. Okay, even more specific. Of rape allegations. Yeah? Turn out to be false. Where did you get those those figures from? From my research. What did you research? I did research it. I did research in university. Well, yeah, I know. I, I, you, you said
2: that. Well, tell me some of the, the um, studies. Did you Did you go and conduct the studies yourself, or did you use other people's data? I did both. Okay. How did you conduct the study?
11: Uh, I got a, a, a well, one individual sample.
2: A sample of one is not statistically accurate. You got a sample of
11: one. I managed to speak to one.
2: You got a sample of one. I spoke to one. What did you get? What did you get? A third? How many rape victims have you spoken to? You've never been to university. I have. No, you haven't. I have. What university did you go to? I can't tell. Well, you've. Bangor. You live in Bangor? Close. You're you're calling from Bangor. You went to Bangor University? Close. And what did you study there?
11: If I say that, I'll give my identification away.
2: I don't believe you studied anything. How can I prove it? You could tell me what you studied. But that would give my identification away. It what? was a social science issue. A social science issue... Subject. Social science issue subject... No, take issue out and rely on subject. A social science subject... Yeah. ...at Bangor University... Yep. ...and as part of your dissertation... Yep. ...you... Used a statistical survey of one person. No,
11: don't manipulate me now, please.
2: That's what you just said.
11: I spoke to one male victim of rape. Right,
2: and and had, and he, had he been raped? Get his
11: experience into my dissertation, right,
2: okay. which was compiled. Can of, can I ask then? He was was he was he raped? He was right. So, how <laughs> does that statistical study of one man who was raped? Back up your claim that 35 to 38% of people who are accused of rape are actually innocent.
11: He was an individual they Yeah, they're,
2: they're the two again. aren't connected.
11: You're missing the point completely.
2: No, I, I, I'm not. The point is you don't know what you're talking about, and I don't believe a word of what you're saying.
11: You're missing the point completely. You've
2: never been to university. Well, I have. How long was the course? Three years. Yeah? What did you get? Too long. Yeah, really? Really? With a statistical study of one person that doesn't no, relate to the thing you were just telling me of my dissertation, which
11: was... You're a barrel of all laughs, All-encompassing dissertation on you're male... A, you're a barrel of laughs, aren't you? I chose a subject that was taboo at the time, which was from 1999 to 2002, oh. male rape was a non-existent crime you're as a, far as academia you're, you're and crime You're a barrel
2: of was. laughs, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, I know. I know you're not. Neither has been falsely accused right. of a serious crime. OK. I'm I'm really struggling to believe anything you're saying, so I'm going to thank you very much for the call, John. Look, and and like
11: Thomas, I'm happy to talk privately.
2: Uh, well, to whom?
11: You, if you want.
2: Not really. Why would I want to talk to you privately?
11: I can give you my name, I can give you my address. I don't I want you... Why, name would want,
2: why would I want your name and... I don't. I, why would I want to talk to you off-air? This is a phone-in show.
11: You would believe what I'm saying, then?
2: Well, OK, but I, I, I don't... I'm not that interested. When, when the clock finishes at one, I'm going home. Understood. Thank you. Why don't you go on Twitter and, and, and um, you I know... I don't do Twitter. OK. Good for you. It's, it's a bad idea. Twitter is very dangerous, I agree. Ban Twitter. I wouldn't
11: ban it, but I'd oh, I would ban regulate it. it.
2: Oh, I would ban it. I would switch it off. I think it's I'd think make it
11: so that people have to pay...
2: No, I wouldn't pay. I would no. And I would. I would make it. That, I would make it that it was switched off. I think it destroys our brains and makes us stupid and angry. Depends how you use it. No, no, it doesn't. It can't yeah, be well, used. To... It does because social media is. How do you know you don't use it? I have. Ah, you see why I don't believe I can't you. Can't use it anymore. Why is that?
11: Because of the allegations against me. Okay. is so, all, so res- all. Okay. All so, based on Twitter, really.
2: So. Okay. Although I've written a few blogs as well. That's great news. John, listen, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. 03444991000, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk, talk Radio.
0: Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
2: <laughs> um, we're lifting the rule of double bubble tonight. If you want to call in and have double bubble, you're more than welcome to. Um. Gaz has um, uh, tweeted, thank you, Gaz. Really can't understand what Ian Lee is trying to achieve belittling people constantly. Once callers, but it's horrible to them. Not at all. Not at all, Gaz. Um, I, I don't know what you're listening to. I have belittled no one. Um, but if someone, um, you know... I'm, I, here's the thing, Gaz. I am an excellent lie detector. I'm an excellent, excellent lie detector. And I can sniff... Bullshine, at a hundred paces. Okay, so if, if if someone is lying to me, ninety eight percent of the time, and it is statistically proven, I I can tell, I can tell. So I sniffed it them. and also poems suck. That's not me belittling someone. I, I told the caller I didn't want to hear a poem. Uh, he belittled himself. He belittled me. Yeah, Gaz. No one is tweeting in saying. I don't understand what the callers are trying to achieve, belittling the host. He's asking them to call in, but the callers are horrible to him. You, that's what your that you, your tweet should say, Gaz. Your tweet should be angry with the callers. Who are embarrassing themselves. Uh, let's go to another Paul. Evening, Paul. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. So what you got for us?
12: How are you? Um, Good. Uh in between that last call you had yes. which was oh awful. Yes. Um and no fault of your own. Uh my wife just walked in Uh-oh. um from uh, winning an award at a charity do oh, for uh, the work her and her where she works does for um people with uh issues that the daycare centre they deal with. So, um Oh, going from one to the other and then flipping back to this is all a bit awkward.
2: No, it's not awkward at all. It's, not. it's just how life works. The clunky gear change. I love it. Clunky gear, OK. Oh, yeah, we'll take that. Okay. Yeah,
12: take it. So, uh, clunky gear change. So, um, you uh, proffered last night that Twitter is good for nothing?
2: Oh, yeah, t- t- Twitter is um, is is awful and no good has come from it.
12: OK, I'm going to have a little go and Good see luck. If I can disprove that. Good I'd luck.
2: Like how, how confident are you feeling on a scale of 1 to 10 about this? A scale of 1 to 10, uh, minus 3. But wow. Gonna have a go. You're gonna still going to have a go? I'm
12: still going to have a go. OK. What, what's to what, lose? Your um, dignity. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the news tonight, but, um, yeah, that's, that's gone. Um,
2: no, I've not seen the news tonight. What's happened? Is there, really a, is there a nuclear war?
12: Well, it, I'll, I'll, this will lead on to that, oh. and, uh, and perhaps i might make, make, make a bit more sense. Um, so, um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we got my daughter a tortoise for Christmas. Um, and last, a couple of weeks ago, I filmed the tortoise chasing a ball around the room. Put it on Twitter, just you know, a bit of fun. Ha ha! Here's the tortoise chasing a chasing a ball. Uh, went away for the weekend with some friends. Came back and I'd had six, uh, sorry, five thousand retweets on Twitter um, of that particular video. From that, uh, are you still? There? Yes? Okay, sorry. I'm okay. just
2: wondering how, I'm wondering um, where this is going.
12: Okay. Well, well, this is going to, okay, so we'll start with. So, so, so Twitter led to uh, six and a half thousand retweets to date of that video. Well, hang on a minute.
2: You can't cite retweets on the only forum that allows retweets as a reason that we should keep Twitter.
12: As a sharing platform, though, I had nothing else available to me That would really work. Yes, you did. Uh, uh, Okay, what did I have? Well,
2: you had Facebook, you had um, YouTube, you had uh, sending it to people, you had keeping it as a private moment for you and your family.
12: Okay. Why Uh, did you feel the
2: need to share it?
12: Okay, cool. Which one of those other ones would have led to. Um, that many, that that, that much exposure. Because, uh, <laughs> well, YouTube is, is... gets
2: millions of. If you get if you get something that catches the wind on YouTube, but why would you want to share that anyway? Why not just keep that? Why is the exposure of of your home video of a tortoise so important to you? What's no, lacking don't, in don't, your don't, life don't, that don't, that's don't, important?
12: Don't, don't don't misinterpret my my intention. Well, you're sa- intention. you're
2: stating that as, as as a good as as a benefit of, of YouTube of of Twitter that six and a half thousand people retweeted doesn't mean they watched it. Six and a half thousand people retweeted tweeted a video of a tortoise.
12: They... I I put it on Twitter to to share with my my group of friends I've on Twitter. Well, why don't
2: you just email uh, it to them?
12: Have you ever had a response from an email?
2: (laughs) Well, because maybe people are bored uh, uh, of your emails. Yes, I have had a response from an email.
12: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Ready to to argument? I thought, right, that a well, you
2: phoned up. You phoned up to tell me why Twitter's okay. so good, no, and no, no, you, no, you no, haven't no, done no, it I yet.
12: I, thought, I said I'd have a go. I'd have a go. So, so the bottom line is, the, the the exposure of that 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 video was what caused it to go to what is now sixty million views, just over two sites worldwide, and why we were on the news tonight. Um, and <laughs> well, where have you got
2: the of figure of sixty million views from?
12: Um, so, off the back of Twitter, some agency picked up on it and sent it to, one uh, well, no, sold it to, uh, to for my benefit. Um, Unilad has had over 45 million hits on it. Right, okay,
2: and, uh, okay. So, go- you got... <laughs> you're, you're arguing my point. So, 6,500 people retweeted it on Twitter but probably didn't watch it. A website called Unilad has had 45 million hits. So... There's the place for exposure. I'm still unsure as to how, why how, you how, want how, so how how much exposure you, for me. it. Sorry, how
12: do I get hold of you, lad, then? Well, you send them an email. W- w- yeah, but th- 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 without 6,500 retweets, they're not interested. 6,500
2: isn't anything? So. Is an end- that's nothing.
12: It, it, uh, no, it, no, it is. No, on, it's on a nothing. Nobody's- yes, it is. On a nobody's account like me, if a video like that gets that many retweets, they it's look nothing. at it and they go, that's But Why it, is that's so it
2: so important for you to get validation? Why it, can't no, you just no, enjoy that moment with your family? No, it's... This is part of the problem with Twitter, is it made everybody feel entitled to exposure and to have their say.
4: I'm no, bored this, of vi- no, videos no, 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 of people's no, no, pets. Is...
12: Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you can't... <laughs> you, you do a show about it, which which which
2: uh, highlights what a great thing is. I mean, Well, no, that's a TV show. TV okay. is better than Twitter. Yes, and today I've got on Twitter, I've got on TV because of the... You've not the been video. on my programme.
12: No, and I'd love to be, though. I'll what? make
2: sure you aren't. <laughs> I have that power.
12: Well, you're a very powerful man or very aren't you but Why power?
2: is it ex- I don't understand why exposure of a clip of your pet is is important to you. No, it completely isn't. What's but lacking though, in your life that that, that you need to get those big numbers? Let's let's
12: reverse it though. Out of nowhere, that went through the roof and this week, my, me and my family, particularly my daughter, have had a great week where the BBC have been in our house, people have been going on um, Thanks to Unilad.
2: Eh? Hey? Thanks to Unilad. No. Well, no. yes, that's no. have no 40, for, Twitter. we're out of time. Let's have 45 million views and Twitter. I, I, I do worry about making our children. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, a brave effort. Uh, so um, excited by, um, numbers like that. They're not important. Enjoy the magic of that moment. Uh, Late nights with Ian Lee on talk radio.
1: Late night, Ian Lee on
2: Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk.
7: Hold the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. Hold the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. In olden days, when times were hard, we filled the barrel with water. We added brine from pressed and pan. then stripped our son and daughter. Hold the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. Hold the barrel steady, then jump in one at a time. We stuck an apple in their mouth and stood them on a chair. And then we sat down for our tea and left them standing bare. Pull the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. Hold the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. Now in you go, our children, they did as they were bid. Their heads below the water and fastened on the lid. Pull the barrel steady and jump in one at a time. Hold the barrel steady and jump in one at a time we shed some tears be sure of that our stomachs were like lead we'd better have some more she said then we went off to bed hold the bottle steady and jump in one at a time hold the bottle steady and jump in one at a time so if your purse is empty your cupboard it is bare just Pull the clothes right off your bins and stand them on a chair. Hold the bottle steady and jump in one at a time. Hold the bottle steady and jump in one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. One
2: at a time. At a time. Ah, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to. Um, I do not think. You can come up with one valid point as to why we need Twitter, as to why Twitter is a good thing. To say, well, it, it, it means a tweet I did got loads of retweets. Well, <laughs> you, you can't cite a function like that, which is only available on Twitter, as a reason why it's good. And Also, why do we need the, um, affirmation from everybody else. Why do we need people to validate us? Why do we need, this is one of the problems. This is why uh, social media, um, is, is so damaging to the soul and to the brain because, and, and damaging to children. God, don't let your kids go on Twitter or Facebook because they grow up expecting And wanting and believing that the only way you are a good person is if you have got X number of friends, your pictures get X number of likes, and your tweets get X number of retweets. Guess what? Those things aren't important. Those things aren't important. I'd go even further. Filming... Cute things that, that pets do. And I know I narrate a show about cute pets, and it it, it it pays the wages and stuff, and it's a good show, actually. But filming cute things that happen at home, why do we even do that? Why do we do that? There is about... there's about five or six minutes of footage of me from my first 25 years of life. About six minutes. We went to my uncle uh, Shamis's one Christmas and he had a video camera, and so there's a shot of me as an awkward 14-year-old um, sat on the chair kind of hiding my face. And before that, <clears throat> Nanny Perkis had a cine camera There's six minutes, tops, of me in my first 24 years of life. Imagine, imagine. I have more pictures and uh, more pictures of my children now who are seven and five than exist of me in, in entirety. Imagine. More pictures... Of my seven-year-old child than there are of forty-three-year-old me. We have this need to rem- to video everything, to film everything, to prove that we were there. And I'm making a real effort to not film stuff, to not take picture. I took t- had a picture taken with Joe before he left, which is nice, and I'll treasure that. I'll treasure that picture I'll get that printed up. I'll send that off and I'll get it printed up and I'll have that and that day that Joe McGrath came in oh, the, the the guy that the, the direct, yeah got a picture of that where's that picture I've got a picture of that somewhere where's me where's my pictures here it is got it we got we film and take photographs of everything and as we're filming it as we're filming our kids. Doing something cute, or our pets doing something silly. We're thinking, <laughs> can't wait to uh, to get this up on uh, on Facebook. This will make them laugh on Facebook. Whoa, 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 hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. This will make them laugh on Facebook. You're not enjoying it for what it is. Sit there and watch it. Sit there and watch your kid do something cute. Sit there and watch your, you know, your your, your cat humping a ball. Watch that. You know, watch it, remember it. Do you remember the time the cat humped that football? What? Yeah, yeah, the cat came in and humped the football. No, you got it on video. No, no. And also, here's a thought. If you've got it on video, these things often aren't as funny as you you remember them. So if you don't film it and you don't take photographs of it, well, you exaggerate. If you're telling the story... You exaggerate and you make it bigger. And as the story goes, you know, every time you tell the story, it gets a bit bigger and a bit more ridiculous. Until after about a year of telling it, you've got a really good story. Now, if you then reach your phone and go, here's the footage, it won't be as good. We've lost the art of storytelling. That's why this industry is screwed. Because no one knows how to tell a story anymore apart from people like me. 0344, 499 1,000. Um, Darren. Yeah. Darren. Yeah. Darren. <laughs> How's it going? All right. Don't plunk me. Here we Been go. Here's an email. Here's an email. Why should anybody ring you up? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Why should anybody uh. ring you up when you get a kick out of belittling them? I've not belittled anybody. All I've done, here's it's, the is thing. This, uh, Hang on, Darren. T- Darren, oh, sorry. Darren. Oh, sorry. Hang no, on. Sorry, sorry. Here's the thing, right. People think that because people phone up a radio show, I have to sit here politely and go, well, that was a great story, thanks. No, I'm going to question the stories. I'm going to question them. So, I'm sorry. Tortoise guy, well, that's rude, emailer, had something fascinating to say. Sorry? And you went out of your way to sabotage it. No, 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 no. He was phoning in to try and prove to me that Twitter is is a good thing, and he failed. And then then the last line of this email. Mm-hmm. And why do you play that Ivor Cutler song about killing children? What an unpleasant man you are.
13: <laughs> uh, I didn't even hear that.
2: Huh?
13: I didn't hear that.
2: Oh, well, well, he's, at least he's listening, and he'll keep on listening. Mm. Yes, Darren.
13: He- well, hello again.
2: Hello, hey, Darren. Was
13: that all off Twitter? Sorry? Was that Grievance all off Twitter? What grievance? What you were talking about there when you... Oh, oh sorry, it was an email, wasn't it?
2: What What it's, I just read there was it, an email to yeah. talkradio.co.uk, yes. Oh, all right, I beg your pardon, I beg your pardon. No, the whole point
13: is, um, yeah, it's shit. It's a well, yellow, yellow card.
2: card, it's a yellow card, it's a yellow yeah, card.
13: okay, okey It uh, because it's... Well, I nearly said... That I nearly read card it, so... The point is... Why do you it, find it I so don't...
2: hard to communicate without swearing? Because I find it really yeah. easy you know when you said it once I'm only yellow man. yeah i know but, why, but 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 why do you find it difficult to uh, to not sw- to i, I not must swear? have a i must have a rubbish vocabulary well no <laughs> no because swearing is a it, it, swearing is is a, the swear words mm. are good things to have in your armory of language they they're great a well timed s bomb or an f bomb wow. i made i make Joe McGrath laugh by saying mm. because we because I told him before the thing don't swear and then right at yeah. the end of the interview and I knew it would make him laugh I said well we need to get these publishers to pull their fingers out of their ass and it was <laughs> it was it was a beautifully timed category that's C that's and he laughed by, uh, but why do you I, I don't find no, it sorry apologies but Wait, uh, are you listening Darren I yes yeah. sorry again yeah um why do you find it hard to not swear because I find it really easy um because I'm not
13: at the other end of a radio show talking evasion, to be honest, like. Well, even well, I'm sorry. I, well, I, I'm, I don't. Know, but I still, find it easy to not I swear.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't swear um, in front of my children.
13: Me neither. Me neither.
2: I don't swear when I'm well, when I'm um, teaching well, children.
13: Me, well, if, uh, old school. You know, if you were my my dad in in front of the room, but I have done that in the past. But
2: you've done what? Like, sorry, Darren.
13: Swear in front of a woman as well. I've sworn cool.
2: in front of women. I think women. I think women in in twenty seventeen. They're they're it's okay. More with than them. us. Well, you know, I don't know if they swear well, more than you, but yeah.
13: You get what I'm coming from, right? Um, saw the that's that's the thing. You know, I was looking through mm-hmm. bits and bobs with your shows, right, and um, there was a um, link, and it was to Jerry. Um, you know, Jerry in the nursing home with the Parkinson's disease. Yeah. Um, I could not find the end of that, because uh, I listened to that, and I could not find the end of it. So, can you please tell us what happened to the guy after you was intervened?
2: I could do. Alright, sorry, like right, one. But I'm not going to. Right, okay. Is that okay? That's
13: fine, that's fine. Just
2: um, because, um, the mystery is more exciting than the reality. Oh,
13: Ian, come on, man. What do you mean? That, well, or that one. Um, Howie? A... You actually said Howie? <laughs> um, jory Yeah, but does Jody's you... really say Howie? No, they say Howie, actually. Howie? If you want to spell it right, it will be H A W A. Why? Oh, wait. But oh, actually, I thought that was a joke. It's like,
2: it's like a scouser no, saying, no, calm down, no, calm down. It means, oh, God. It means, come on. Actually. I know what it means. I just thought it was a made-up word, made up by the... the, the well, it's Bino. not in the
13: dictionary, is it? But it's a Geordie word. All day long.
2: And you actually say it for real.
13: Well, I don't walk about shall That's me?
2: like um, Cockney saying, call blimey, governor. <laughs> no, no. no You're better uh, than that, Darren.
13: Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without so doubt.
2: Don't, don't don't resort to regional clichés. You can do better than that. Oh, well, thanks very much. I'll try not to in the future, Ian. I appreciate that, Darren. You're a good lad. Thank you very much. Thank you very You're much good.
0: indeed. 0344 4991000 Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
2: 0344 4991000 is the telephone number. Cleo. Hello, dude. Hello, Cleo.
8: Um, a bit of a Geordie overload tonight, isn't it? Um, that Joseph McGarrett interview was absolutely amazing,
2: dude. wasn't he ab- Wasn't he uh, just a wonderful, wonderful human being? What a delightful man! I've got my totally signed, class. my cover signed of the. Ma- I gave. I, I had to re-buy the Magic Christian. It's about the third copy I've had. Uh, third copy I've had on DVD. I had some on VHS. And I would lend them out and never get them back. And I had to buy it again. And I, as he came in, I said, Joe, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a fanboy. Would you mind signing this?" And I took the cover out of the DVD and out. And he went to write on the the inside of the cover. I said, "Oh no, no, no! Please, you know, scrawl on the front, Jar. I want, you know, I want to show this one off." Um, but yeah, he was he was um, an absolute superstar. I love it.
8: Well, I'm going to buy it. I watched it on YouTube after you uh, like recommended it the other week. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I have... but... As I was watching it, I was thinking, I have actually seen this. I've probably watched it loads of times, but it's one of those films where you. Maybe the title doesn't really match what you think you're watching, if you know yes. what I mean. Well, I, the
2: Magic I, Christian in it refers to class. the name of the ship at the end. Oh, yeah, I know the that is. That's yeah. what the Magic Christian is, but it's a great title for her. But you set it on a little
8: rabbit hole, um, because. I got into, I, I'm, I'm pretty much into looking at all that sort of period of film and stuff. Yes. And I, I found
2: a lovely documentary called I Am Your Father. Oh. It's about David Prowse. Well, that's, hang on, yeah, but that's what's that got to do with the 1960s?
8: Well, he was in um, Tuxedo, Seen uh, All Royale, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he was
2: actually, he played well, very Frank briefly, Stein. very briefly, yes.
8: And mean, did all the, like, hammer horror films. Have you seen the documentary?
2: I've seen the documentary, yes. It's funny, is it? I was it's thinking, all right. Oh. Yeah, it's good, it's good. I don't know why you've never heard of it. No, it's, I think it's good. It's a fairly recent, um... Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking, do you remember Rock Family Trees? I do remember Rock Family Trees, yes, I do. Can you imagine a film version? No. Why? Um, that because I've never, be cool. I've never given it any thought.
8: Well, just when he was, when um, oh, you mean? I'm sorry, I see what you man. mean. You
2: mean, you mean the program about films instead of music? Sorry, I thought you meant yeah. a, a movie of that. Okay, yeah, yes, no, oh, I okay, can. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I can imagine that. It'll be mint. Just,
8: just his alone. The amount of people he's worked with, and the, the sort of all, a lot of them are connected. And they've worked together in different things afterwards, and in fact, and was talking about um, his book being published. Yes. A movie of his life would be pretty cool. I reckon would be, well, be
2: amazing. Let's uh, let's work. Let's let's focus on the book first. Let's get the book out. All oh, right. No, oh. You can you can do crowdfunders for that sort of thing now, can't I you? I believe you can. I, I will. Um, su- I will suggest all of these. I was pass on all of these suggestions to Dan because it should, um, it should definitely, um, exist.
8: And also, I like the Ivor Cutler. um, that song, the Ivor Cutler song. Despite it's weird, it's sort of draws it in i'm trying to
2: work out cleo while i'm talking to you oh, yeah. i'm i'm gonna t- i'm i'm gonna take bold steps towards um um not a complete um, lots of people are saying well if you uh, if you hate twitter so much why are you on there why if you hate facebook so much why well well you, you know yes but I'm going to take bold steps to not go completely off grid, oh, but nice. to step away, step away, step away from the, um, the, the, the these online things. And no one's been able to phone in and, and, and tell me why Twitter is good because you can't. You think you think it's good, but you don't. It's dumb. I, I've got my pa- my Facebook page right, the In leave oh, Facebook nice. page. I want to. T- I don't want people to be able to comment on any of the things I post on there, and I don't know how to turn it off. I don't Ooh, know how God to knows. do the setting so that people can't comment on there. All I'm going right. to settings and shortcuts, page visibility, visitor purpose. I can't find the thing that will stop people from. Um... Are you getting bothered on there, like? No, no, not all at all. Right. I'm just going to lead the charge. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want people to comment on there. Uh, uh-huh. OK, well, I'm speaking to the wrong person, Claire. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed. Maybe Angela knows.
14: I, mean, I know your Facebook page.
2: Yes. Do you know how I can stop people commenting on the posts I make?
14: Yeah, you can. It's like um, a little block you can block on.
2: I don't want to block people. I want people to still come and see it. Mm. But I don't want anyone to comment on the posts I make. And there used That's to be it. a way you could turn it off.
14: Yeah, if uh, yes, uh, you can. Uh, sorry? No? You can hide it, I think, but I'll have to check it for you a bit later Please on do. for you. That will be all. Awesome. No worries. Thank you. Um, I'll give you a bit of advice about Twitter and phones okay. and
2: stuff. Some advice, yes.
14: Yeah, well, what I do, I leave all my phones, Kindle's, upstairs, switched off. Yes. Because prefer, I've got things to do today. So what I do, I bring my mum up in the morning, and I say, Hi, mum. I turned off. She said, that's fine. I thought, thought it was. And I just, like, I just have it on at night time, check yes. everything, and then switch it back off in during the night, and then you don't get the weirdos. Well. Mm.
2: D- 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 Twitter isn't <clears throat> good, is it, Angela?
14: Well, I've never, I've not had a problem with it, but I'm not on it anyway.
2: Well, no, you are on there. You tweet me sometimes.
14: Uh, I tweet you sometimes, but I'm um, late Stop. at night. Stop mm. tweeting me. Yeah.
2: Everybody, think, yeah. here's the thing. Everybody, stop tweeting me. Guess what? I'm not interested in what you have to say on Twitter. I'm not interested in what you have to say on Twitter. If you mm-hmm. want to communicate with me, um, I, <laughs> you have my phone number that works for three hours, five days a week. If you want to communicate with me, you have my actual phone number that works for
14: 15 hours a week. Use that. I've got your phone number and I ring you up sometimes. Yeah, exactly.
2: So don't tweet me. If you want to tweet me... Save it and phone me up. Whoa! S-s-s- don't tweet me. Think: Is this interesting or is this dull? If dull, then forget it.
14: If interesting, phone me up. Can I ask you another question? C- can you actually close Twitter down? What, why are you doing the show? And let, and then house and all that, and, and mm. cut it down mm. and get them to ring in. Yes, like you that's, normally do. that's what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. Old-fashioned way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. It's working. Back to
2: basics. I don't want anyone to tweet me anymore. Phone no. me. Phone me. You've got my phone number. Don't tweet me. I'm not going to re- read any tweets that are sent to me, and I'm certainly not going to reply to any ever again. There we go. I've said it. I'm never going to reply to a tweet ever again.
14: I shall be watching.
2: Oh, I'm sure you will.
14: Yeah. Uh- but I don't reply. I'm too busy. I haven't been very well anyway. But I've been re- I've been reading the book instead. It's more interesting.
2: Books are more <laughs> interesting than Twitter, and books are mm. better than poems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
14: Imagine, Between.
2: imagine, imagine writing poetry. Why would you write poetry?
14: I don't know. But I used to make some delightful stories. Oh. I used to be a good writer at school, and my, my
2: teacher said, you're a good writer. Yeah, well, I bet you were. Mm. bet mm. you were. Bet you
14: were. Yeah. Well, thank you, Angela. Anyway, thanks for talking to me, Daniel.
2: Absolute pleasure. 0344 There we go. I've said it on the radio, so it must be true. I'm never going to reply to a tweet ever again. Don't tweet me. Don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in what you have to tweet me. It'll just be videos of your pets, or... An insult. Phone If you want to insult me, phone up and insult me. If you want to say the show's crap, if you want to say I'm a has-been, if you want to say I'm rubbish, all of these things I've had, if you want to say you want to physically harm me, well, at least have the decency to phone up and say it. You'll get on. 03444991000. Stop tweeting me, guys. I'm going to find out how to stop you posting on my facebook page stop it stop it phone me um, we've lifted the double bubble rule paul okay you just need a double bubble yes every conversation that i can remember having with you and it's not many begins sure. by you asking me a question to which you know the answer Okay, okay, yeah,
10: that's true. Right, I'll actually agree with you. I'm glad you have said you are never going to reply to a tweet ever again. I'm really glad you've said that. I'm really glad you've said that. Because tweeting and Facebook is just total absolute rubbish. Yeah. It's just total. Right, my mobile phone that you have called me back on right now, my mobile phone. Is so basic. It does not have a camera. Wow! It does not. I, I type in the numbers. I send a text by typing in numbers on a handset. Yes. It does not have a. It does not have a camera. Nothing. Yep. It's just a basic mobile phone. Fantastic. I can send a call. I can receive a call. I can send a text. I can receive a text. That's all I need it to do. That's all I need it to do. But. You walk down a high
2: street. What's the most annoying thing? Um, I would say the loud religious people of uh, any faith with the um, with the amplifiers. Yeah, and the clipboard in the hand. Yeah, the the it's it, it, both Christian and Muslim. You don't see many. I don't think I've seen any Sikhs or Jews. Jews don't recruit, do they? You can't you can't become a full. Have I got this right? You can't become a full. Jew. Sammy Davis converted... Sammy Davis Jr. converted to Judaism, but he was never regarded as a full Jew. How
10: about, how about the people with a clipboard in their hands stopping you in their part of the WWFs trying to ask you to sponsor a flipping panda or something? They don't bother me at all. Oh, right, you just don't stop, yeah.
2: Sometimes I stop. Okay, yeah. They don't bother me.
10: Uh, no, they don't bother me. I talk by a bit. First thing they ask you for your bank account number, isn't it? Well they're collecting for charity. Yes, but uh, there's a different way of doing it, isn't there? What's the diff- what's the other way? Uh, I don't know, something you find out by yourself just by post you what's,
2: something what's, you what's, find what's, out what's, by yourself? Well how are charities supposed with, to survive if you've got to find out about them by yourself? Okay, okay, we're talking about we're talking about techn- modern
10: technology. What's wrong with writing an old fashioned check and sending it by post? Putting a stamp on a letter, the postman will have it.
2: Because <laughs> yeah, I don't trust postmen. I don't. I don't trust
10: postman them. Pat with his black and white cat.
2: Well, he's um, the uh, uh, computer-generated these days, but no, I don't trust postmen. Very suspicious of them. Oh, they're the royal mailmen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Y- you've seen postman reading postcards. You've seen postmen walking down the street reading postcards, haven't you? That have been sent to you by someone that visited yeah. the local police. And, and, yeah. they'll, and, they'll, and they'll be reading your postcard. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> You're right. Well, you. that, it, I right, don't want yeah. them reading my postcards. <laughs> so if they're reading my postcards, what else are they doing? <laughs> we've all received, um, a birthday card where the envelope has been opened it's a opened, yeah. We've all, well, they, so we, and they've seen there's no money in there, and they've let, we've all you, you know what, up. I bet they have a kettle in their flipping van that
10: they're delivering it from, and they've steamed it open from. Well, that's just silly. Hello? Yes, Paul? Yes, Paul? Yeah, kettle in their van with
2: yeah, a, with some connection just,
10: that uh, they've
2: steamed it open from, yeah. yes. <laughs> Um, well, I think we're in agreement, Paul, that, um... For a change, we're in agreement, yeah. I think you've got, gone a little bit far by saying that all postmen are thieves, but I do agree that we should be suspicious <laughs> You now. mentioned it first. You said you called them thieves. No, I did not say the word You will playing, again, you them I did not say the word thieves. we'll play the tape back, we'll find out you said all postmen are thieves. No, I didn't. oh,
10: God, I've never said the word thieves.
2: Well, you've said it about three or four times now. No, <laughs> Oh, gee,
10: <laughs> I mean, could you could you ever could you ever imagine now sending a letter to your grandma that lives miles away? She's dead. Posting a posting an actual letter, handwritten, yes, stamp on it with a handwritten
2: yes. address on it and posting it. Well, to could them. I imagine that? Yes, of course I could imagine that. Yeah, what is wrong with that? Who said anything's wrong with it? No, but people wouldn't imagine you're doing it today, would People they? can imagine it. Yeah, but people wouldn't think of doing it today. Well, because they don't trust postmen. because people like you think they're all thieves. <laughs> <laughs> what was the share song that she did, eh? Um, d- do you believe in love after life? No. The um, Shoop Shoop song. Was it the Shoop Shoop song? If I could turn back time... <laughs> was it that
10: one? No. What about the one? Believe there was revolution with their vocal. Just like Justic James. No, because it used auto tune. Yes,
2: you did, didn't it? Wasn't the it first used time it wasn't the first time, to the Max wasn't the first time it was used in a song though. It was the first time it was made obvious in a song. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Paul. Well, that's um, that's a call, isn't it? Am i sit on. Well, yes, but uh, we're, we're. I'm I'm wrapping up the call by saying that was a call, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, well, I'll just
10: say to you, if I ever do see you in Costa in front of Colin, don't worry, I won't approach you. I
2: don't go there anymore because of you. And that's actually <laughs> true, that is actually true, I don't go there anymore. But if you are in there... I'm not. I bet, we bo- I bet we both order a flipping mocha. I don't drink
10: mocha. Okay, what about a flat white, then? I don't drink flat whites. Ah. Oh. Cappuccino. I don't drink cappuccinos. Don't tell me you're a girl and order a latte.
2: No, I'm a man and I order a latte. Yeah, you're a girl and order a latte. No, I'm a man. I have the bits to prove it. <laughs> Is this... Are you chatting me up, Paul? <laughs> yeah, what's your star sign? I'm a, gem, I'm a Gemini and I bet you're an Aries. No, not. I'm a Virgo. There we go. That was gonna be my I'm second choice. I'm a total choice. perfectionist. Well, not in, um, language. Paul, thanks for calling. Thank you, Ian. Yes. 03444991000, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk
0: Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB.
2: Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk. (laughs)
2: 03444991000 is the telephone number. Um, People are still tweeting me despite me asking them not to been very very specific don't tweet me um and people like rob neil rob neil i mean rob mr neil rob neil people with two first names really irritate me rob neil you are such a depressing rude horrible bully Rob, Neil, please, don't tweet me. I said, don't tweet me. I said, phone me if you want to phone up and, and, and say you are such a depressing, rude, horrible bully. I will, I will um tell you why you're wrong. But, but you won't because this is another thing with Twitter. Is it's now it's a one-sided argument. It's a one-sided thing. I'm going to shout at you, and shout abuse at you, and libel you. This is, Rob has libelled me. Um But I'm don't worry. I'm not going to take legal action even though I could. Um, damaging to my character to call me a bully, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I'm not going to press charges. Um, but if I were to reply to that, he'd either mute me or come back with the same thing, but in capital letters. It's the equivalent of putting your fingers in your ears and going, la, 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 I can't hear you. Um, and we've lost the art of phoning up to complain about something we've lost the art of phoning up to complain about something when in the 70s and 80s my dad was constantly phoning up people to complain or going into shops to complain going to i'm going to I'm going into town today what for I'm going to complain about these shoes I bought I'm going to complain about this shirt I'm going to phone up this company and complain. And people have lost, um, well, the skill of complaining, the art of complaining, the the balls. I and mean, people like Rob Neill tweeting, you are such a depressing, rude, horrible bully. Well, I'm not. Um... But you need to phone up and say it. Here's the thing, guys. Right. You've got my actual phone number. And it's free for most people phoning in. It's free. might cost you a few pennies. right? Generally, it's free. Even if it's not free, we call you back. So you've got... And it's not one of those shows where you'll phone up and you'll speak to Catherine... I want to come on and tell Ian he's a tosser. She won't go, Okay, well, we might call you back. Or, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to say that. She'll say, "Okay, um, just mind your language. We'll give you a call back and we'll put you on. Imagine being able to phone up and call me a tosser. Instead of tweeting it, where's the pleasure? Where's the satisfaction in sitting there in your pants? On your phone going, you are a rude, depressing bully. You are a tosser. I've got a phone number. And you can phone up as long as you watch your language. You can phone up. Oh three four I mean Rob Neil won't, because Rob Neil is 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 a, a new breed. I imagine he's a young person who is um a a new breed. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've just clicked on his page. <laughs> I've just clicked. On... <laughs> oh, oh God! Rob Neill is calling me a rude, depressing, horrible bully, and yet he's retweeting. Guess who? Guess who? Abu Hopkins. He's retweeting Abu Hopkins, unironically, where she's tweeting a picture of um, Gina. That last her last name is it Gina Miller? <laughs> and it's all pictures of vote leave, keep calm and leave the EU. Keep oh God, he's doing the keep calm, keep calm and leave the EU. God, he's one of those Rob Neil who retweets Abu Hopkins and has the keep calm and leave the EU pictures. (laughs) He's calling me a depressing, rude, horrible bully. Oh, Oh, of course he won't phone in. He hasn't got any balls. He's the man's a coward. Um, and he supports cowards and that's and that's absolutely fine <clears throat> you're more than welcome to but you know rob i've got a phone number you're welcome to call it unlike abu hopkins you can phone me up and and disagree with me and argue with me and tell me why i'm a rude depressing horrible bully um but you 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 can't and you won't be able to do that um no one as predicted my voice is going and i don't know why it's very croaky at the moment. And I don't know why, because I've not got a cold or anything. I just noticed last week it's going a little bit. <laughs> it's not hay fever. I haven't got hay fever. It's just very croaky and I'm aware that it's croaky and I'm aware that it's my weak point. Um, and maybe that will, um, will go. I don't know. Um, no one has called in and is able to defend Twitter because deep down, you know, it ain't no good, don't you? don't you? You know, it's rubbish. You know I'm right. 0344 499 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation uh, for the
1: up-all-night generation. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
0: We have ways of making you talk. Don't forget, tonight at 10 o'clock,
2: um, it's three hours of calls straight to air. Uh, let's see what you come up with. Um, Paul's on the line. Good evening, Paul. Give me
15: joy in my heart, keep me singing. Give me joy in my heart,
13: I pray.
15: Give
2: me joy in my heart, keep me singing, keep Keep me me
15: singing till the break of day. You know what, Ian, we need a bit of joy in life. Sing hosanna, sing hosanna,
2: sing hosanna Hosanna to the King of of Kings. That's a great song. Uh, Oh, I used to sing that at Sunday school. Oh, everyone used to sing that. Uh, Well, not everyone. It's a good song, man. And you get—did you used to get told off? Because on the third by the third sing, you'd be shouting. (laughs) And we—I remember once we got told off for being too (laughs) enthusiastic.
15: Nah, they loved it. I, I used to think it was like being tickled. That song, everyone used to start laughing and rolling about. You know. Yeah, so
2: yeah. I, I, I used to, I used to like that song. I used to, I used to go to Wednesday club and Sunday school. Yeah. And we sang yeah. a song that went, "No one else knows this one. I don't, God's not dead. No, no he's alive. He alive. God's, God's not dead. dead. No. no, he's <laughs> alive. <laughs> fun, good fun." <laughs> Go to the football match. Yeah, they should do. Yeah. that. a good. That's a good oh. song. I always thought the Christian faith needed better songs,
15: but it's sort of about singing together. Ian. It just lifts yeah. the soul, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you right. Know? There
2: is something that, and it's which is why and kids love it. And whether it's kids you know it's a religious it. song or it's a concert yeah. or a pant, whatever it is, but a, a group of people joining yeah. in and singing together is a very joyous thing. You're right, Paul. It's a good observation. Yeah.
15: Yeah, especially, you know, it's a positive song, and it, it stares the soul. Ian, I've been uh, surfing the radio, as I normally do. Yes,
2: you're a radio, and, uh, you're a radio geek, you're a radio soul looking for a, a, a home. I live on uh, my radio. Yeah, good for you. Do you listen and, to much uh, American radio? Uh, no, I find Americans a
15: bit OTT to be
2: honest. I know what you mean. I would, I would like yeah. to listen to more of it, but they, it's such a vast thing that I wouldn't really know it's where to start. Huge as well, isn't yeah. it? They yeah, they love the radio, the Yanks, man. Yeah, they do, they do. But I've been surfing the radio tonight, and it's been
15: a little bit depressing. And I think to myself, it's spring. Yes, the flowers are out, the trees are turning green, Beautiful. the birds are singing. Beautiful. Let's let's wake up the soul. Let's
2: rejoice, you know. Rejoice, rejoice, Paul. We have no choice. Rejoice, rejoice. It's like a revival meeting this school. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? The Sunday school, I'm not religious now, I saw sense, but the Sunday yeah. school um, and Wednesday club I went to, they were, um, uh, now let me get the right phrase, they were gospel tabernacle. Yeah, I like. Which it. was very, very happy clappy. Yeah. And, and and as a kid, they were just, you know, whatever the message behind the songs, whether you believe they were just great songs and clapping and stamping.
15: And, uh, oh, you can't was, beat a good clap,
2: mate. Oh, no,
15: wonderful. Wonderful. You, 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 you know what? You can't beat being a little kid, neither can you. Oh. You know, you're about six or seven. Yeah. What a day, what a time of mate, life that is. Let you know. me tell
2: you, my boys are five and seven, and uh, yeah. they're on Easter holiday a little bit earlier than some of the other children. We went to Legoland yeah. today, right?
4: whoa oh,
2: exactly and, and a lot of the schools in the area aren't on easter holiday yet so it was yeah. em- it was empty we we we, yeah. we we got on one ride and we, we we didn't even queue up we just walked straight onto it and we finished and they opened the door and like, we said can we can we go round again they went yeah sure of course we just went round again it was Don't amazing own private Legoland. it was our own it was like being elton john <laughs> <laughs> it was our own private Legoland. it wasn't I quite there were people there but it was it was wonderful it was lovely What did the lads think? Oh, mate, they are in absolute heaven, of course they were. Yeah. And they're just just getting old enough now, they're getting a little bit braver uh, to try, you know, to go from the kiddie rides to just some of the, you know, going up the next step of the ride.
15: A seven-year-old's a tough kid, man. By yeah. the age of seven, lads are up for it, you yeah. know?
2: Oh, mate, it's, uh, don't, don't tell me. It's, it's, they're, they're nuts, those two boys. Absolutely nuts.
15: Yeah. But they're beautiful. But then, you know boys. the tragedy is, once they turn, well, it's not tragic, it's just natural, really, but once they turn ten, they start to separate themselves from you.
2: Well, this is um, the thing, I, I, I'm really... So really enjoy this moment, here. No, I enjoy
15: am. This and you, time. You, have you got kids, Paul? I got four kids.
2: Yeah, I've got how, four grandkids. i flipping it. How, how old are you? How old are your kids then? So they must be old. My, my
15: kids are in the 20s right, now. Okay. Because I, I am, young, I am you know?
2: dreading. I've I mentioned this before. I miss the seven and five now. So I miss the three yeah. and five year old that used to live with me. Because the three and five yeah. year old don't exist and they will never exist ever again. They've gone.
0: It's so now yeah, a it's five a and a big... seven year
2: old. And soon it'll be a seven and a nine year old. And I'll miss what? the five and seven year old.
15: When your grandkids turn up, it's oh. it's like, it's amazing when your grandkids turn up. You never, like, I expected to have children, most people do. Yeah. But I didn't expect to have grandchildren. And they're like little miracles. Mm. And they're reliving this youth of my kids, you yeah. know. And and it's like seeing my kids in them again. And it's, it is really wonderful.
2: Is it, so? Uh, when you watch your kids being parents? Yeah. That's got to be the weirdest thing, hasn't it?
15: You know what? I, I loved my kids, Ian, and they love their kids, and it's great to see. Yeah. They really care. Do you
2: not, do kids. you not, are you not sat there going, oh, don't let him, I wouldn't have let him do that. Oh, she's letting him do that. Oh, dear God.
15: No, I was I was into freedom with my kids. I didn't like to over chaperone them. I like to let them, you know, run around the garden, jump off walls and yeah, stuff like <laughs> that. Good. I took a few risks, you know, but they—they uh, they, they were like uh, they were playful kids. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you can have a laugh
2: with kids. Yeah. Oh, I love it! You know, I they're love up, it.
15: they're up, for, up for a good time. Kids are always up for a and, good time.
2: And it's that imagination that they have, and I'm yeah. I'm really encouraging my boys to 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 not let go of that imagination. Anything is possible. You can you know you could uh, you can achieve anything. But more importantly, you can go anywhere in your head and with your. How head. often do they surprise you in? Oh, mate! By ev- what they say every, every second, every uh, every <laughs> day. There's, there's there's about twenty five different things where they've said. Well, oh, uh, today today yeah right the boys were fighting over a lego piece right cuz cause they cause we were going to Legoland. land they had the whole of Legoland, yeah uh, <laughs> but we were go oh, before we went they had a lego piece right and i said and they yeah. were fighting and i said what are you fighting over and my youngest said my brother has stolen a lego piece that i want to take with me i said okay right give him back the lego piece what is it he said what does he call him he said it's a guy i don't know if you've heard of him he's called shakes william spear Mm. And I said, I think you mean William Shakespeare. And he went, Oh, yeah, that's the fella. But they, the, just the joy of A, they were arguing over this guy. And oh. B, he called him, uh, Shakes William Spear. Oh, and there's a logic in that, isn't, isn't it? Shake there? William Spear. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And I love there's it. a kids logic in it, you know. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that oh. other people go, Well, that's dumb. But as a, as a, 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 as a parent, you go, Yeah, that's wonderful. That's my little boy. That's my little boy.
15: Oh, and it's just the thing about kids is there's, there's always a future with them. There's always something new the next day. They're going to be exper- and you, and you can see in their eyes how they're reacting to their experiences around them. Yeah. You know they're going to yeah. be they're going to be uh, exposed to new experiences all the time. Yeah, and yeah. you're just watching how are they
13: going to react to this?
15: Yeah. You've been through it yourself.
13: Yeah,
15: yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's great. It's, it's great. The child's mentality. I mean, I know it's childish to talk about childish things. Oh, no, it's good. uh, I wish I wish we were more
2: childish. I wish we were more childish. You know, and I'm lucky I've got a job where I'm allowed to be a bit childish. But we should embrace it.
15: That's good. So I've tried to lighten it out. Oh, you've done it beautifully, Paul. What a fantastic note.
2: What a fantastic note to end on. A reminder that we should hold on to our childishness. Yeah, yeah. Great call. Thank you, mate. Ta-ta. What a lovely, uplifting note to end on. We started with an hour-long interview with Joe McGrath, a man who made a career out of being childish. Being childish. Trying to capture childishness on film. And we've ended with a great call from Paul, reminding us that being childish is... uh, It's an overlooked thing, guys. Um, A good show tonight Um, If you want to call in tonight From 10 o'clock It's calls straight to air If I can urge you Please Don't tweet me I won't be reading any tweets And I certainly won't be replying to any tweets Ever again Um, So please don't tweet me That will be fantastic Don't forget to go and download the podcasts. If you go to uh, iTunes, type in Talk Radio and Ian Lee. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Catherine. We'll be back tonight at 10 for Call Straight to Air. Until then, ta-ta. Talk Radio.
1: Listen. Phone. talk, Talk. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking.